Welcome to the Geek Screen. The first time we're actually recording a, a two weeks in a row. This is a this is a new thing, Johnny. Yes, I agree with you. It has nothing to do with the fact that you have photos of me in compromising positions. <laughs> Please, you'd put post those photos up yourself. Only if I'm paid, baby. Only if I'm paid. <laughs> uh, so, how you doing, Johnny? I'm doing okay. A little glum with the shitty weather we have here. Turn 4 o'clock, it gets a little great. But other than that, I'm doing good. I got the Christmas tunes. I got the cocoa that's not really cocoa. I got the... um, Everything's good, actually. Everything is good. Uh, How about you, sir? I'm doing pretty good. Um, Yeah, the weather over here has gotten really cold lately. Now, Now, let me ask you. Now, you're in Japan... Mm-hmm. And so, when it gets to the winter time, do you get snow in the southern part of Japan where you're at? Uh, we get a little bit sometimes, but it's usually like, um, at the most, like a light dusting. And, you know, it just doesn't really, usually, it, and that's like at the most it gets, you get like a light dusting in the morning, and then by the afternoon it'll be gone. So, so, so the only flakes you see is the volcanic ash? More or less. Okay. <laughs> Okay. But it is it is pretty cold because the um you know the, the the insulation in Japanese housing is much worse than in America, so you really feel the weather. Well they've out. always they've always had a tradition of baking houses out of paper over there. Right, yeah, yeah. The uh rice paper walls and that kind yeah. of Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, you know, I mean they look pretty, don't get me wrong. I'm not one to bash or nothing. But it's fucking paper walls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's actually designed that way because it's uh, better for earthquakes. Uh-huh. The way they're constructed, it's better for earth to withstand earthquakes and tsunamis and that kind of stuff, I guess, or something like that. Uh, well, I, I'm sure in the summer, though, it gets nice and cool for you, right? On the summer, it gets really hot. Uh, you just can't win over there, can you? <laughs> oh, my, you poor bastard. <laughs> so, um... You're prepared for the holidays? Um, no, not really. We're not really doing anything for the holidays. <laughs> Nothing. No nah. film fest. No, no, no we're just gonna hang out. Probably. No. I mean, I might get a. There's a store in the area that sells whole chicken, so I might get a chicken and roast it. There you go. But that's about it. Um, like nothing really special other than that plan. Everybody here this year seems to be really in the season. And believe it or not, the guy in our neighborhood contest who has mm-hmm. the best Christmas tree second year in a row is the Jew down the street. <laughs> He's got an awesome tree. Uh-huh. I don't know. See, I got to take a picture of this tree and show it to you. This mm-hmm. guy's a geek like us. He does not have a star on the top. He's got the USS Enterprise. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, he bought this thing actually in Japan. Mm-hmm. He's talking about He's got a robot, like these little Robbie robot things on it. Like, I'm going to take a picture. I got to send this to it is on. It doesn't beat the Godzilla tree you showed me, which to the listeners out there, I have to say once again, Japan schools us when it comes to fucking Christmas trees. Because <laughs> I swear to God, I, after this day, I thought the coolest tree I ever saw was at the Mall of America. Mm-hmm. But god damn it, the Japanese had out there. It's like, the, this is like an eight-story Christmas tree. Or, or not an eight-story, we're just like a two-story, three-story. But anyways, this fucking thing. 
with the somebody with very clever hedge clippers shaped the damn thing in a Godzilla. Even the eyes, it's got, you know, for light bulb eyes. And I don't know what they use for the scales. But oh my god, that is one awesome Christmas tree. Okay. Well, we got some news here before we get started with our topic. Okay. Okay, so uh, first thing I got up here is um, Inspector, the next James Bond movie. Mm-hmm. They're bringing back uh, Jesper Christensen's Mr. White. Ooh, wait, 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 Mr. White. Uh, Mr. White, Mr. White, Mr. White. He was the um, he was at the, he was the guy that Bond shot in the leg at the end of uh, Casino Royale. And oh, in Quantum of Solace. Wasn't he? In Qu- Wait, hold on here. Yeah, he was in Quantum of Solace. Remember that was when they revealed the name of the organization called Quantum. Right, but but my and we were all pissed because we said it should have been Spectre. Yeah. Here's my question: You can I backtrack for one second with the Bond? Mm-hmm. There's a scene where it takes place at an opera. Or a theater, right, 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 yeah. And uh, I forgot the name of the show, the opera that they were at. But was he also in the crowd? Yeah, there he was. was. Okay, damn it! I thought that was him. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. Um, but yeah, it looks like he's uh, he's going to be coming back, Inspector, which is good because he was the really the only good thing about uh, Quantum of Solace. Yeah. <laughs> And so I take it true that, uh, what's his name, Christopher Walsh, was that his name, might be playing Ernst Stavros Blofeld? I don't know if that's been confirmed yet or not, but that's the theory, it seems like. Um, although the script leaked, and it has major spoil spoilers in it, and this headline says it could lead to rewrites. It's going to have to be, you know, that's something we've got to talk so about. If the, so, for example, if, like, maybe if one of the reveals in it was that uh, Waltz was playing Blofeld, maybe they'll rewrite it or something? I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, Sony really, really, really has a big-ass problem here because it's now just not the leakage of the movies, which, by the way, you know, they keep saying these movies have been leaked. Now, I'm not encouraging people to download pirated movies. Right. But where the fuck have they been downloaded to? I have no idea. They're not on Pirate Bay or any of these other places. Well, maybe they're not. Maybe they're not public. Maybe they're on private trackers. Okay, because I mean, out of shits and giggles, I just did a quick search to find it. I can't find any of these things that they supposedly release. Well, like, let me take a look. What was uh, what was something that was leaked? The interview. The interview. Okay, let's take a look. Fury, Annie. Now, if you go to Kick-Ass Torrents, the only uh, the only torrent you're gonna find there is some kind of shitty cam. Oh, really? Okay. That's what I think you'll find. I'll be surprised if they uh, if you're gonna find any kind of uh, what you might call it. Of course, I could be wrong. Yeah, in the past few months, there's nothing even related to it. The only thing is uh. Official international trailer. That's it. Yeah. Everything else is just other interview type things. Interview with the Hitman, interview with the Vampire, the Iceman interviews. Yeah. But there's, but like in the past five months, it looks like the nothing has been uploaded with it. I mean, you would think, uh, uh, you know, these places would have it. Nobody's got it. Yeah. Nobody's got it. Once again, we're not saying... We want you to break the law 
and download right, these right. things. But the reason why we're bringing this up is Sony had a bunch of, and we're, we're starting to find out that, for example, it was reported on the entertainment section on CNN on the news channel that there was an actual discussion because Sony's got a cash crunch to sell Spider-Man back right. to Disney. And then that actually broke down for some odd reason. And so Sony then was thinking, why not do a crossover? Right, right. Okay. I got some news about that, too. We'll get to that in uh, okay. Do you want to get to it now? Uh, let me find the article. Hold on. Well, anyways, the thing is, is all of this is dead now because apparently a lot of the internal memos to all this shit pissed off a lot of people. There's a, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a, the head of Sony is, is uh, movie division is basically making phone calls apologizing to a lot of people. I mean, God, they treat the people that work for them or do well for them like garbage. You know? Mm-hmm. And, I, you know in my, and God, like, for example, the emails about Obama, you know, and these are... Oh, yeah, I heard about that. You know, and these are Democratic fundraisers who say right. they're progressive. The fuck they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> bigger racist than some Republicans I know. Okay, so uh, here's what I found. Um, Marvel and Sony are discussing deals to share the character. One of these deals discussed would involve a 60-40 split of the character, mm-hmm. with Marvel wanting to obtain complete creative control. Mm-hmm. If this deal were to go through the way Marvel wants it, they already have plans in store for Spider-Man that can be summarized in three words, a fresh start. And now this is according to Latino Review, which, you know, about half their stuff turns out to be bullshit, so... Okay, well, when you see something like, for example, on uh, IGN, or, well, I don't know, what would IGN be the last people to get it? I mean, who, who do you go for? I'm curious. I just I just kind of look around and I see what I find. Um, like Dorkly or something like that? or Right now I'm on Cinema, Cinema Blend. Okay. Okay, so according to Latino Review, if... And cinema and cinema blend is quoting Latino Review here. Um, if Marvel Studios were to get the Web Slinger back, uh, Andrew Garfield would be let go, and the current Spider-Man film series would be deemed non-canonical. Uh, Marvel Studios films would forego the traditional romance story and focus on the character's struggles as both a teenager and a superhero, with romance only being a side plot. Uh, the origin would also be glossed over, which makes sense. Um, so wait, let me ask you this. And there, but there are currently no plans for him to be in Civil War. Well, hold on, let me. Ask. And it's been rumored that Sony Sony wants to do a soft reboot of the series with Sinister Six, with Peter Parker being recast. Yeah, you know, I'm beginning to wonder though. Here, hold on here. I finally got to see the Spider Man movie. Okay, and so okay. I mean, I liked it. Yeah, I don't. I, I really don't get all the all the. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was very. And I'll be honest, I was one of the people that was not going to like it because I liked the Tobey Maguire one, not the last one they did, but you know which right. one. Uh, in fact, you and right, I went right, to right, see right. it. I think when it first came out. Uh, did we? The Tobey Maguire didn't one. Did we go see time? it? No, because I was in high school then. We didn't even know. No. Yeah, I came. Look at the release date, two thousand two. Hold on. 
You were you were in high school in two thousand and two. Yeah, I graduated. Uh, you know, spring two thousand two. Oh my god! Wait, who the fuck did I see? Oh no, I went to see this with somebody else. I remember now. Um, but still, man, I I got a question to ask you. How many times mm-hmm. can you reboot a character in the same? Let's just say twenty year period or fifteen year period without people like, Well, you know, fuck, why watch this? They're gonna reboot it again. <laughs> I mean granted, we all like to see a Spider Man film. Okay? Mm. But there's a comment I mean, they just rebooted Spider Man. So if right. they do a third reboot in less than ten years, because I mean the last first series, when was the last of the original three Spider Man movies coming out? Um would that have been? Uh, I want to say two thousand six, two thousand seven. Okay, maybe even two thousand five. I'd have to look. Yeah, I'm looking that up right now. Okay, Spider Man three came out uh, production in 05, and it came out in oh seven. Okay, okay, 07. and so three years later they reboot the film, and it was released. Three years. Yeah, they began five years later. Uh, well, I'm looking at it here in production. Because Amazing Spider-Man came out in 2012, didn't it? Yeah, but they began production as early as 2010. Well, right, so, but I'm talking about release date. Right, well, well the, the thing is, that, yeah, okay, so five years later, right? Uh, yeah. Okay, well, okay, and so, and they gave out another movie uh, a year later, am I correct? Or two years, two years, three years later. later. Came out. came out this past Okay, summer. so in the span of a decade or, or 12 years, let's just say, uh, they want to reboot the, the whole franchise again for a third time? Well, I mean, like, on, on the one hand, you know, Marvel kind of has to do some kind of reboot if they're going to bring him into the into the universe, right? They can't use what was already done? Well, they don't want to, okay. apparently. So. Well, we know. So, but, and also, like, they're not doing it to, and also, this is kind of a reboot in the sense that um, GoldenEye was a reboot of the Bond franchise, right? Because they're not redoing the origin story. All right, but instead they're kind of, they're you know they are bringing in a new actor, putting him into a new situation. Because you know, look at GoldenEye as an example. Because GoldenEye was basically a soft reboot of the Bond franchise, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the Cold War was over. You had a new Bond, and uh, you even had a new M. You know, and they had a female M this time, so, so they update. They were updating James Bond for the for the for the new um, for the for the nineteen nineties, basically, uh, post Cold War world. Yeah. So, in a way, I think this if if this happens, um, that's what the reboot will look like. But really, I don't want it to happen because I really like Andrew Garfield, and also I don't want to see. Spider-Man joining the Avengers. Yeah, you brought up a great reason why, too. And that was that it make force... By not having certain characters from their portfolio, it forced Marvel to look at other characters that would have otherwise been ignored. And I have right. to say, I, I now agree with you. I thought at first it would have been great to have them have it, but now I thought about it, you make a very good reason. I I agree with you there. Well, yeah, I mean, because look at the, and someone pointed out to me, well, Marvel's already got all these other films planned out up until 2020, and I'm like, 
trust me, these plans are always flexible, and if they get the rights to, to Spider-Man back, expect one or more of those movies to either be pushed back or just completely dropped. And maybe some people are okay, but I, I don't want to sacrifice, say, the Captain Marvel movie or the Black Panther movie, because those have me far more excited than uh, a Spider-Man movie. Now, do you... now if they... Now, if they weren't going to do a movie, if they were going to do a Spider-Man Netflix series like they're doing with Daredevil and Luke Cage and Iron Fist and Jessica Jones, I'd be all for that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there's another problem, too, and that's I don't think Spider-Man works on the Avengers. Well, I haven't read the comic books in a long time, mm-hmm. but I know for a brief while he's been both in the Avengers and the Fantastic Four. But I see yeah, well, he's been in the yeah at the same time. Yeah, actually. yeah. Well, yeah, he's been in the Avengers since um, 2003, I want to say, uh-huh. when Brian Michael Bendis uh, came onto the Avengers books and basically treated the entire franchise's history as toilet paper to wipe his ass with and fill the team with either his favorite pet characters or um, ultra popular characters like Spider-Man and Wolverine. And it's done absolutely nothing for the characters. Spider-Man's character has had no positive growth at all from being in the Avengers. The Avengers haven't benefited at all from having him in there. The only thing that's different is that now you've got someone making bad jokes in the background. I agree. Like I said, I thought I I haven't seen the second Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, but I have. uh, I saw the first one finally after a long time, and I don't know. I liked it. I don't know why people just... Did. I liked it, too. Yeah, yeah. You know, people were so attached to the Raimi series, and this is probably a discussion for another time. You know, we could talk about the Raimi series, but honestly, there were a lot of problems with those movies beyond just the third one. Well, like what? I'm, I'm curious. What did you find? Well, for one, the dialogue is just awful. Okay, yeah. Watch the movies again. The dialogue is terrible. And I'm sorry, Tobey Maguire makes a great Peter Parker. He's a shitty Spider-Man. <laughs> He's a shit Spider-Man. I mean, he can't make a joke to save his life. But every time he makes a joke in those movies, it's just... It's just really bad. But Andrew Garfield, he has that wit. He has that comic timing. He's really good at, uh, at capturing that side of Spider-Man. So, do we know now if, if Marvel is going to transfer that, or do we know? I'm, I'm sorry, if these. Well, this is all. This is all. This is all rumors right now. Right. So we don't know anything right now. Do we know what about? Because, like I said, this Sony dump, this this thing's really compromised them in big ways now. Right. Okay. It just gets. We're learning more and more. It's sort of like the Bill Cosby rape thing. It's just getting worse and worse. Right. Right. And. You know, what about the X-Men? Have we heard anything about that? Well, uh, Marvel's not getting the rights back to the X-Men. No. This is, that's, uh, that's with Fox. That's not Sony. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, well. um, I, That's a good segue, though, because I've got some X-Men news. Okay, okay. Um, Oscar Isaacs is, uh, is, has been cast as a- Apocalypse in the upcoming X-Men Apocalypse. Oh. Or Oscar Isaac. Sorry, not Isaacs. No S. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. And uh, here's what uh, Isaac said about the character. He can be anything. He can do anything. So those aspects, 
I think of the idea of the first mutant, the idea that he wouldn't be called a mutant back then. What would he be? God. He would be a god on Earth. And he wouldn't think of himself as a mutant. That's just descriptive. It's not really an explanation of what he is, because we're mutants too, humans are mutants, everything's a mutant, things that evolve. So I'm playing with what that is and encompassing that in someone that has these kinds of powers. And that's why I'm actually... Um... Oh, and uh, Isaac affirmed that he is very much a comic book fan and self-described fanboy. Um, and uh, he, he says he's he, he even goes back to the Book of Revelation for this, for like some of the inspiration for the character. Well, I'll tell you this much. He, uh, the character of Apocalypse did think of himself as a god. And I, right, yeah. I mean, he, what he's saying is completely on point with how Apocalypse thinks. Yeah, you know, speaking of geeks here, you know, he's been, he's also in the latest Star Wars movie. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know what he's playing, <laughs> but I've seen him in two movies. Mm-hmm. Or three movies. I've seen him in The Born Legacy, which, believe it or not, I can't really remember him well. <laughs> I know he was in Sucker Punch because I'm not, I remember this face and I had to look it up at IMDb and yeah and I saw a, a really good movie You, I, I recommend it's not really a geek movie per se but it's called P.U. that's Peter Altrich I guess or P.U. dash 239 I uh-huh. really recommend this movie and it's basically about a Russian nuclear scientist who tries to sell radiation, and it, it it fucks up. Right. And he's in it, and he plays a damn good part in it. Um, that's what I really remember him from. So it should be interesting him as, uh, as, as Apocalypse. Now, Apocalypse is big and bulky. Is he going to have to bulk up? or, or Well, gonna... you know, it depends on how they interpret him. Because we got a glimpse of, you saw Days of Future Past, right? No. Oh, okay. Well, I won't spoil it then. <clears throat> but he's in but, it. Kind of. Well, I'm sure they can do something. I mean, look at they had uh, that one guy play uh, Ronan the Accuser, and he's all. Bumped. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I right, yeah, fucking recognize him. Right. So, so, so this is interesting. I mean, when does the Apocalypse movie come out? Um, I want to say probably next year, the year after. I think the year after. So I have to. So he explained something to those of us who are a little confused with the X Men. Okay. Twenty sixteen. Yeah, it's con- it's uh, release date is twenty sixteen. Okay. Okay. Explain, explain what? Explain something to me, okay? I'm a stupid person. <clears throat> okay. Mm-hmm. I've seen the first X Men. I saw the second X Men, and I saw the third X Men. Okay. Right. And then I saw something called X Men Origins. And right, then, the two Wolverine movies. Yeah, the, the first Wolverine movie and the second one. And then the one that's in Japan, which I really liked a lot. Um, yeah. Now, somebody told me, maybe it was you, so help me out here, the X-Men Days of Future Past cancels out the other ones? or what's... It cancels out uh, oh, and first X-Men class. Origins Wolverine, and um, X-Men Origins Wolverine is canceled out through um, a po- uh, Days of Future Past, okay. and so is the ending of most of X3 is canceled out. We don't know really how much. Okay. 
I mean, I'm not going to say anything more than that because you should really watch Days of Future. I, I will. I, it's on my list. I do apologize for being woefully behind, but uh, mm-hmm. I will be uh, taking a gam- uh, a gander at it. Now, there's also another X Men movie too, right? X Force. That's been announced, but we haven't heard any news about it since it was announced a while back. So I'm oh. not sure if they're still planning to go forward with that or not. Okay. Do you know what studios doing that? Yeah, Fox. Uh, All the mutants are under are owned by Fox. Okay. I am looking at the IMDb thing here, and there's the only thing they got is uh, Stephen Lang as Cable, and of course that's rumor. That's another rumor. And the writer is going to be Rob Liefeld. I think that's just a, you know credit for uh, the original. Because he created X Force. Okay, I don't think that's I don't think that's him actually writing the screen. Sad, I hope not. <laughs> um, well, continuing on with that, um, looks like because this has been going back and forth for a while about the X Men and the Fantastic Four being, having a team up movie, uh-huh. and it looks like it has been confirmed now. Now are they rebooting again? Uh... Fantastic yeah. Four. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's something we haven't talked about yet, have we? No. I'm first done. This is news. Okay. Uh, one second here. I'm also looking now at IMBD. There's a Wolverine IMBD. sequel. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be a, a third Wolverine movie. The uh, the Fantastic Four movie, it's... Yeah, there's been a lot of stuff coming about out about this. Like, it's going to be a found footage movie. It's going to be... Um, Doom is going to be a hacker or something. An antisocial hacker or some shit like that. You know what? At this point, they just might as well make the Venture Brothers movie and call it that. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Seriously? A found footage? Yeah. So this was the synopsis that was leaked, right? Mm-hmm. Reed is a genius convenience store clerk with Ben. Reed's parents don't care about him and Ben's dad is abusive. They're good friends and have each other's backs. Reed writes a paper for a community college on teleportation that attracts the attention of Dr. Franklin Storm, CEO of the Baxter Building Research Center. Storm has a son, Johnny, and an adoptive daughter, Sue, whose father, Storm's old partner, died in an experiment gone wrong. Johnny and Sue are party kids, and Sue is particularly disdainful of science. Reed and Sue don't get along at first. Viktor Dumashev is an antisocial Eastern European computer programmer and hacktivist who calls himself Doom. He hates the 1%, particularly Storm, whom he claims corrupts science for profit. Storm uses Reed's paper to complete some equations on a machine to access another dimension, the end zone. Reed invites Ben to watch the machine being turned on. Sue and Johnny are also there. Doom manages to hack into the Baxter Building servers and uses a computer virus to damage the machine, which explodes. Reed, Sue, Johnny, and Ben are exposed to otherworldly energy and become mutants with powers that they can't control. So they're mutants. Uh, and just, well, you know, just like, you know, they get mutated type of thing. Um, but basically, uh, but the screenwriter, Jeremy Slater, has said the plot synopsis that was leaked is 100% bullshit. Have you heard of, I'm going to put something out. I wonder if you were on your chat. I wonder if you ever heard of this. Um... Well, I, you know, um, I'll be honest, I don't like what I'm hearing so far. Right. Well, I mean, that, that plot synopsis I just read, that was uh, that was revealed to be a hoax. Okay. 
So, like, here's the thing with the Fantastic Four reboot, and, I mean, a lot of the stuff that's been leaked <laughs> seems awfully stupid to be true. Don't discount the stupidity of Hollywood, my friend. Well, I know, but still, I mean, but, like, this is, like, next-level stupidity. Right? Uh-huh. So, and you gotta look at one of the people who's involved with this movie is Mark Millar. And Mark Millar is known for playing hoaxes on people and, you know, leaking bullshit information. Do you remember a few years back there were rumors and design sketches that Orson Welles had wanted to do a Batman movie? <laughs> I remember. I heard it. That was a hoax Millar started. Uh, just to fuck with people. No real reason. He just felt like, he's like, fuck it, I'm just going to do this. And he actually commissioned those sketches and stuff like that so that, he, so that he'd have some proof for it. That's me. Right, so I'm starting to think that all the stuff that's been leaked about the, the Fantastic Four movie is total bullshit. So that I guess we're just not going to have to wait till we, till they uh, announce something from Comic-Con or something, huh? Or until they release a teaser trailer or something, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Okay, well, um, we got some Marvel news now to move into. Okay, okay. Um, Judy Greer is in, is in the Ant-Man movie, and it looks like she's playing, um, uh, Scott Lang's estranged wife. So, oh, speaking of Greer, I just saw the new, uh, the Carrie remake. Mm-hmm. And it's, I kept, I couldn't watch it without thinking of Judy Greer. I kept waiting for her to shout out, you're not my supervisor. And I'll, I'll try it. I, I, I'll be honest, I didn't finish watching that move. I just, I didn't care for it. I, it was, it was okay, but it was just kind of like, I got this ver I got this feeling that it's just like, well, there's not really much different being done here. There's not really much anything I, yeah, well, I, I just, that the first movie didn't do. I, I'm sorry, I can't watch that without thinking of Archer. Yeah, that too. <laughs> you know? Her voice is like any moment now. I mean she's I mean, don't get me wrong, she did a good job in the role, but <laughs> I just kept waiting for her to Say one of her lines from Archer. Yeah, I mean, any moment now, you know, Archer's gonna come in there, you know. I mean, she's Cheryl's tons for crying out loud. I'm expecting her to, uh, like, set, you know, not the little, not the carrier set the place on fire, but the mother. Right? You mean the, not the mother, the, um, the gym teacher. The gym, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, the gym teacher. And, oh, the mother, I, I, I God, I want. Fucking religious fucks. I'm sorry, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I just couldn't see past it. I couldn't see past it. It's like I, I haven't. Uh, I, I I think I didn't see past a quarter of the film. Uh -huh. You know, it's sort of like with the Planet of the Apes movie. I could not finish the, the, the last one. You know, the uh, really that was a good not movie. the last last one. The one before it. You didn't like Rise of the Planet of the Apes? The, is that the first one? Yeah. I, no, I, 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 I just couldn't get, you know... 
Really? Yeah. That was great. You got to watch that again. That movie was All right. I haven't even seen the second one, but I, I just... Uh, oh, the second one is... Like, the first one's great. The second one is even better. Okay. They're both really good movies. Okay. I, I, forgive me. I just didn't... You know, I didn't care for it. Uh-huh. You know? Probably... Like- so, um, looks like Marvel is eyeing three actors to play the Ancient One. In the Doctor Strange movie. And these actors are Morgan Freeman, Bill Nye, and Ken Watanabe. To play who? The Ancient One. Oh, wow. You know what? You know, Doctor Strange's mentor, the guy who teaches him magic. Who are the three actors? We know about Morgan Freeman, Ken Watanabe, and what's. And Bill Nye. Bill Nye. Oh, I remember him. God, it's kind of sad that the last movie I remember him in was uh, Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> I mean, well, he was in the. You didn't. You didn't see the Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes, movies? I did see that. But that was. I saw Shaun of the Dead last week, and that's why I remember. Oh, okay. I remember him in Hot Fuzz. I'm kidding. He's like in a million fucking things. Yeah. You know. Um. Now, who do? You, which of these three would you think would you want to play the character? Okay. I'm going to be honest, if you go with the he goes to Asia theme, mm-hmm. you may have to pick Ken Watanabe. Right. Not, the, not to be sounding racist or nothing, but, but it is Asia. And at the same time, uh, Bill Nighy has been shown to play an ancient person, okay? Right. With the vampire series and all of that. The guy can play a strood when you want. Which uh, which vampire series is he in? Oh, he's in uh, oh god, what the fuck is that one? Where they're fighting the werewolves? Uh, is that true? Blood? Underworld. Oh, he's underworld. the villain in all the underworld. Well, it, it's funny. Really? He's the villain, but he doesn't appear. In, he he appears in the other ones as a flash. And the only reason I know this is because it's always on fucking HBO. <laughs> That's the only way I see this. Yeah, poor. I didn't know he was the villain in Underworld. Oh yeah, he's the bad guy. Really? Uh huh. And so, uh, anyway, yeah, he's in all of them, or almost all of them. I mean, I don't know how many there are. There's like Children of the Corn. There's like fifty. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Wow. But he's he's in all of them, and or at least the ones that I've seen. I've only seen three of them. Uh, right. And then, of course, you got Morgan Freeman, who played the most ancient person you could think of. He played God. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and let's be honest, he not only played God, the guy plays a good mentor type. All you have to do is see Shawshank Redemption. You, you, right. you see what I mean? He played, uh, uh, not Red. Red was, uh, was his name Red? No, he was Yeah, he was, he was Red. Red. Okay. And uh, Biggs was the one that hanged himself. That's right. Um, yeah. Anyway, so... I mean, for me, I... Well, and now that you've mentioned Underworld, like I was, I looked up pictures of Nye in Underworld, and I mean, any one of these guys could do it. Let's be honest, yeah. but I think Watanabe would be my. That, that's who I'm leaning towards as well, only because yeah. Well, even not only because of that, just in general, I just think he's got that. He just like look at him in um, Batman Begins. Yeah, like that's exactly how I pictured the Ancient One to look. Because, uh, no, I agree with you. Hold on one second here. Because otherwise... Give me one moment. This is the closest thing 
I'm going to think of as a uh, major one I can come up with. Can you open that picture up? Yeah, I'm checking it right now. Okay, we're going to have to keep on talking. Okay. It says it's well, I you know what? Here, you know, fuck it. Instead of downloading it, I'll just give you the goddamn link. Yeah, that's easier. I'm surprised you didn't do that in the first place. Because I'm fucking stupid. <laughs> okay, and so, uh, you know, I'm using it. Oh, okay. You know, go off a backdrop, but then I'll, I graduate. This is a, what he sent me, it's a picture of Bill Nighy from Underworld right. in a uh, gold robe. Looks yeah, like. it's a, you know, he's all playing shirtless. Yeah. <laughs> he's all, that's a, he's gold member, the vampire hit. You know what, the thing, like, that doesn't scream ancient one to me. That seems more like old Doctor Strange. I can't find anything else, goddammit. No, I'm, I mean, I'm just saying it. Like, I just Googled Bill Nighy Underworld. Yeah. Like, the, but yeah, this particular pick, it just, it looks more old Doctor Strange to me. Yeah, well, the thing is, is I think Watanabe would be better. Or actually, is there a more older Asian actor? You know who it's a shame? What's oh, yeah. his face just passed away? Um, I don't know if you know this. It, oh, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. known as Mr. Baseball. Um, right, he was in uh, He was in Sydney Pollock's The Yakuza. Yeah. Hold on one second. Yeah, I'm totally blanking on the name. All right, I get a tribute with him on my Facebook. Give me one second here. Just a moment ago. Hold on, hold on. Give me a second here. Hold on, hold on. Give me a second. By the way, did you know that uh, 92-year-old Christopher Lee released a Christmas album that is heavy metal? Yeah, I heard about that. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, how, how about them crackers? Uh, hold on one second here while I find this. Holy shit, I just had this too. I was showing it to somebody else. But... You know, somebody like that, is there, like, an elderly... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there is. ...actor that, uh... Are there any other actors we could use besides... Well, those are the only three that are being talked about right now. I mean, I'd have to look into it for... I mean, obviously, there are people who could do it, but... I mean, Watanabe's a really good choice. Yeah. Watanabe, I think, first off, uh... He's done the El- the mentor part in a way. You ever, you ever seen The Last Samurai with uh, Tom Cruise? Yeah, of course. I thought he was very good in that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hold on. Oh, son of a bitch. But, yeah. Um, you know, piss me off here. Can never find anything. And you're looking for something. By the way, we also did we talk about the Terminator thing uh, last week? Yeah, we, we talked about, that, about that. that. Okay. Okay. Oh, God, God, God. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Hold on, hold on. Keep. Well, while I'm looking for this, uh, any other news? Um, not really. There's not a whole lot of stuff. Oh, there. Uh. So um, we got some Avengers Infinity War news. Oh. Uh, Josh Brolin has said um, basically the Infinity War is Thanos against everyone. Which is no real surprise. None. Um, and uh, 
looks like Age of Ultron will be Josh Whedon's last Avengers movie. Oh, he doesn't want to do it anymore? I don't know if he doesn't want to or not. Well, I mean, I can imagine he probably doesn't want to keep on doing them, but uh, looks like uh, Joe and Anthony Russo are um, are going to be directing the Avengers Infinity War movies. I found them. And they're the ones. On, I'm sorry. And they're they're the ones who directed uh, who directed uh, Winter Soldier, and they'll be directing uh, Civil War. Oh, okay. Well, shit. Sad to see him go. The last, uh, let's see, I'm looking forward to Age of Ultron. By the way, I found that Japanese yeah. actor was Ken Takakura. Oh, right, 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 yeah. You know, somebody like that would have been awesome. Mm-hmm. You know? Holy shit. Oh, damn shame he died 83. But anyways, you know, other actors like him, trying to think of that were in you know, his league, that, you know, would be great to play. I, don't, I just... I don't know. I don't have an issue of them. Make, well, let me ask you, is the ancient one supposed to look old? Yeah. Okay. Because I, I was just thinking, you know, what about other actors that would have been great for that? Uh, Asian-wise. Can you think of any other Asian actors? I'd have to look into it, man. Like I, I'm, I'm sold on Watanabe. I don't really think we need anyone else. All right, all right, all right. So, okay. And it's kind of like it's, it's kind of like you know you're given a filet mignon steak, and you're like, well, so what other kind of beef do you like? I'm, I'm okay with the steak. Okay, okay. I just want to make sure there's like no alternative lobster or alternative. Uh... Why would you choose lobster when you got steak? I'm a lobster guy. I like lobster too, but steak is. Steak is superior to lobster. I don't know. Some people would argue against that. Well, those people are wrong. You know, I, I mean, did, did, you know, I could see what it is. Some people also voted Republican. Well, I mean, once again, I used to say people who, I'm going to say lobster in many cases, depending on the type of lobster, could be superior too. I mean, steak no. is easily accessible. No. Yeah. Lobster. And I tell you, I do miss lobster, but... You know, and I, even even though it's been years since I've had lobster, I still crave steak more than I crave lobster. Imagine that nice, fat, juicy lobster with that butter sauce, that yellow dripping butter sauce smeared, and that little... Is this going to become a food porn podcast now? <laughs> no, I don't know where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, looks like uh, Al Pacino has met with... Uh, with them, with someone from Marvel. Yeah, he wants to be in a movie. Yeah, yeah, he's he's met with uh, Kevin Feige. Um, he said that there's something that feels right for me, and if I feel, um, and then he, he was in the middle of the interview, and then a phone call came through, and he had to end the. But, but yeah, looks like he definitely wants in on it. Uh, who do you think he could play? Mephisto. I was thinking the same thing. Because he's good at playing the devil, and not just the yeah. He was good in he was good in devil. Yeah, advocate. I think because Mephisto's got that same attitude. And let's be honest, Al Pacino's acting has gone from. Have you ever seen his earlier work? To now, he's gone from. I don't want to say cool collective, but he's gone from. You know, we saw in The Godfather too, and The Godfather right. to screaming old man. Yeah, he's gotten a lot zanier as, you know, as time I mean, has gone on. He's essentially become the dark-haired version of uh, 
What's that guy's name? He's in the Amazon Fire commercials. Um, I don't know. I haven't seen. Oh, what's that? What's that guy here? What the fuck's his name? Gary Busey. Oh, I don't okay. know, I, here in the U.S., they have this Amazon Fire. Uh, it's like this stick you put on the side of your television, and it's like a Roku oh. or an Apple TV. And, and it's kind of like sounds like it's kind of like the Chrome. No, 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 no. It's more like a oh, Chrome. Okay. Just basically mirrors what's on your computer. The the fire is like is like your Apple TV. Oh, okay. okay. And same thing with the they got those two versions. And anyways, in both of these commercials is Gary Busey. Okay, mm. and he gets progressively crazier in each one of these things. Okay, I mean he's he's talking to furniture in one of these in one of these fucking things. Okay, oh, like I'll you know I'll give you the commercial. But the thing is, that's what Al Pacino's become. He's become. You know, I'm gonna, you know, fight me. You know, you don't think he's going on about a fucking chicken? You know, and, 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 and uh, Devil's Advocate to uh, screaming about blowing his brains out in, um, oh, what's the name of that movie he was in? Son of a bitch, I hate having these brain farts. Um,. Ah, oh, son of a bitch. What's the fucking movie? What's the fucking movie? Uh, um, God damn it. Give me a second here. Give me a second here. It's not Carlito's way. It's not Carlito's way. But me, Electric Tracy, all of these goddamn movies. He's just screaming his head off. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Son of a woman. That's the movie I'm... Oh, yeah. God. That movie did, got so much good praise. I don't know why. I don't know. I saw the movie, and the only thing I can think of, it was a movie that... Basically, put on the map uh, a couple of actors, uh, Chris O'Donnell, which I don't know what the fuck he's doing these days. Which you know we could we could have done without putting Chris O'Donnell. Yeah, on. you know, it's, let's be honest. And Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, okay. Those, those were the two that I can think of. Other than that, there was nobody else. You know. Okay, so um, one final piece of news, and then we'll get into our okay. Topic. Um. Now, you heard about how Christian Bale is apparently jealous of Ben Affleck playing Batman? I heard where you're going with this, and I think it's awesome. Okay. Well, first off, I wanted to mention this thing about Bale because, I mean, people have been blowing this way out of proportion. Bale just basically said, you know, he said, he's like, yeah, I was a little bit jealous. It was was all very tongue-in-cheek. He's like, I was a little bit jealous, and I was kind of thinking, like, come on, you could do one more. And but it was just very kind of like wistful and like you know kind of like you know part of him wishes he could still play the role. It was just you know like a nice. Wow! Well, if you do want, and everyone's and everyone's been turning it into Christian Bale is jealous of Ben Affleck. Well, it, and you know not to interrupt you, forgive me, but if you do want to see the next Batman, all you have to do is see Exodus, uh, essentially the remake of the Moses movie, because Christian Bale right. essentially plays Moses as Batman. Right. But yeah, so like all that's all that stuff's been getting kind of blown out of proportion. I thought, and it's just you know stupid clickbait headlines and that kind of shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, Michael Keaton was asked if he has any envy, if he's envious of all of. I love his answer. And his answer was no. Do you know why? Because I'm bad. <laughs> And then he added, I'm very secure in that. Yeah. <laughs> and Birdman now. 
Yeah, he's also Bernie. Yeah. <laughs> no, that is awesome. I, I saw it like, aww. And this is one of the reasons why his, his, his Batman is on my list. Mm-hmm. So let's get into the topic. Uh, we're talking about our top ten. We originally said superhero movies, but then after the show, we decided to do it as just geek movies in general. And um, so the way this will work, let's start with number ten. And, you know, we'll each go one at a time, saying what the movie is, talk a little bit about it. And now the rule is, if one of us says a movie that's on the other's list, then we also have some alternates that'll go in place okay, of I those movies, so we don't end up talking about the same movie. That's twice. why I have 22 movies. 22? Okay, I've only got 15, but all right, sounds good. So, do you want to go first? You go I... first, my friend. You go first. <laughs> okay, so for number 10, I went with Seven Samurai. Okay. Because I think... I mean, maybe it's maybe it's not really a geek movie, but it's just... It's such a good movie. It like, has the whole template for making a good team movie and a great epic. Okay. Hey. What do you think? Of, I, what do you think of it? Well, as a geek movie, uh, we're talking about the, the classic samurai film with Kuro Kurosawa, right? Right. Well, you know, I, you know, I I didn't understand the rules of this when we were putting this list together. I thought I had to have some uh-huh. kind of realm of fantasy to it, but I, I'll go with it since it's action and it is uh, it's it's set in a fantasy. I mean, a medieval time. So I'll go with it. Sure. Right. What did you think of that movie? I loved it. I have it on DVD. Okay. All right. So let's hear uh, what your number 10 is. Okay. My number 10 is Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Oh, yeah. That's okay. Good Only, I, I, you know, I've seen, we've all seen all the Star Trek movies. But, you know, I, when I put the list together, I asked myself, what kind of, if, if I was stuck in the hospital again, because I'm sick a lot. And I could put together a collection of DVDs off the fly that I would like to see as a geek movie. As a geek. Just as a geek. You know? Right. What would I like to see? Just, just to enjoy the, you know, that weekend and I know I'm stuck in a hospital. And I picked the Wrath of Khan. Number one, it's pretty long. You know, it's not even, it's, it's two yeah. hours long, actually. But you don't really need to see the other Star Trek movies. Just this one to get the whole series. Oh, yeah, but yeah. This is, because if you think about it, but Wrath of Khan affects all the other Star Trek movies going forward. Okay? Yeah. Nothing in the first Star Trek movie has any impact. You know what, to be honest with you, I saw the first Star Trek movie uh, a few years ago. For the life of me, I cannot tell you what the hell happened It is the most movie. boring. It's so forgettable. It's a boring movie. I mean, yeah. it's about Voyager. And it, well, the mm-hmm. problem with that, that the first movie, was it was never meant to be a movie. CBS had planned out to bring back Star Trek okay. in the late mid to late 70s. Because there was such a, you know, they were getting letters every fucking day about this. So they were going right. to come up with something called Star Trek Phase 2, which everybody can look into. Right, and yeah, it about literally that. takes place a couple years after the original crew. And that episode, that movie you saw, was actually originally written as a TV episode that they had to stretch out for two hours. 
It was not even meant to be let long. And so, and a lot of the actors you see in that movie were originally supposed to be the main cast members of Phase 2. But then CBS saw how well Star Wars did. And they're like, fuck. Yeah, and so they decided we're going to do a movie. Yeah, yeah, scrap the TV show. They went with the movie. You mean Paramount, not CBS? No, it's at the time they were working together. Paramount, in the 1970s, Paramount uh, made a lot of production for CBS. Oh, okay. Today, they do mainly for, um, well, one of the other networks. But yeah. Uh, But The Wrath of Khan, what's interesting is if you watch the original series, it Mm -hmm. brought. I did. I saw the episode. You know, because I was watching. After I watched Into Darkness, um, it made me want to go back and rewatch uh, Wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. And so after I watched Wrath of Khan, I kind of wanted to see Khan's origin. So I looked it up on Netflix and I watched the episode where he appears in the series. Yeah, exactly. And so it brought back a character played by Ricardo Montalban very well, I may add. Oh, he was amazing. He was so you know, good. in both times. And there's a, there's a little insider thing. He didn't get along with Shatner the first time. Yeah, I think maybe that's why they never appear on screen. They together. don't. They don't get along. And yeah, course, which you know I thought was one of the. I, I've always thought it was one of the weaknesses of the movie because you never see the two enemies actually face each other except on like view screen. Mm-hmm. But now that you mention that about him and Shatner not getting along, it makes sense why they. No, and, and uh, what's his face? Uh, um. um Although it might have made for some, might have brought out some a good performance from Shatner if he was faced with Montalban. <laughs> well, Montalban's a superior actor to him. Right, that's what I mean. That's why we have to worry about Shatner. And, and, before. Right, <laughs> and our friend who plays Sulu has confirmed this. Oh, uh, George Takei. So, is there anybody Shatner gets along with? Uh, he gets along with Nimoy. Oh yeah, he gets along right. with Nimoy, and he gets along. He got along with. Uh, uh, one other actor. Um, he didn't get along with much. He didn't get along with Scotty. The actor, uh, McDoohan, or what's his name? Oh, yeah. Uh, he got along with Forrester Kelly, but I think Forrester Kelly just doesn't give a shit about anybody. <laughs> if you ever see him, he's like, this is a fucking job for him, and he don't care anymore. Yeah. You know? yeah. Once the cameras go off, he's back to wherever he is in Kentucky or wherever he hangs out in. Um, mm-hmm. But back to Ratha Khan. You know, so what? Ratha Khan, Khan kills, uh, leads up to the the, the Genesis torpedo, and the whole right. thing that happens after that. Now I can't recall if whether it was Khan that kills Scotty's son, and then later, uh, um, excuse me, yeah, yeah, it is because I think Star Trek Three is the is uh, the search for Spock. Yeah, yeah. Spock dies at the end of Wrath of Khan. I mean, here... And, and, then, um, and then it's also referenced in um, Star Trek IV as well. Right. And I think originally, Leonard Nemo just wanted out of the whole goddamn thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. He orig- that's... And, um, and, then, <laughs> and then he came back to direct the third right. one. Because he... Uh, and they said, you want to direct... You gotta fucking be in the movie. And the fact is this, Leonard yeah. Nimoy was just not getting any acting roles. Right. Like, I mean, he may have, but he just, let's be honest, talk about the mother of all typecastings. 
Seriously, yeah. I feel bad for the guy. It wasn't until like years later. But anyways, Wrath of Khan, everybody, when they think of a Star Trek movie, even people who are not geeks, what, what do they think of? Khan. You know, it's the only other... Nobody remembers Star Trek for except for fucking dolphins. And that whole plot did not make any sense. Whales. I, you know what? Star Trek Four does have a stupid plot, but it is it is a fun movie. It's a fun, yeah, I get it, but I mean, it's it's so fun. Come on, you can't watch that movie and not have a smile. On I know, but but you know what Trek movie I really like? Mm. Star Trek Six: The Undiscovered Country. That is a good movie. That is so. good. That is a good one, and and that's is that's the one. Is that the one with uh, where some moon blows up for the Klingons? And they get sent to that mining colony, or is that the one where? Yeah, yeah, that is yeah, that the, the one. Okay, it's a mining. Co- that's not the one where I thought they go to see God. No, no, that one's. Is that the Final Frontier? That's Final Frontier. Okay, yeah, no. Okay, uh, Undiscovered Country is the last one with the original okay. crew. That's an allegory of the Chernobyl and the collapse of the Soviet Union. I was told. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It is. And you can definitely see it. And um, oh, plus you've got um, Christopher Plummer. Yes, it's the Klingon. Is it Christopher Plummer? And yeah. that's whenever there's the chance. And that's when he is so he, awesome. He's quoting Shakespeare and Klingon. And, and right, so right. on top of that, you have um, which, it, that that was an honorable mention, by the way, on my list. Is it, but I did not make it on the list. It was I was thinking of putting on the honorable uh-huh. mention. But you know, the badass Klingons have pink blood. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, but. And it also tied into um, well, it also had a reference to Wrath of Khan because they talk about because Kirk talks about the death of his son. Yes, see everything, and and it also ties into it also connects it to Next Generation because which that had come out in the air at the time. But everything pinpoints back to Khan, you know. Yeah, right, so right. that's that's my number ten. So go on. Okay. Okay. So uh, my number nine is Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Okay. Okay. Now, like I really like the first, the first Avenger, but Winter Soldier just takes it to a whole new level. And you know, first Avenger, it's it's like a very fun, pulpy kind of movie. But Winter Soldier is just a straight up political thriller. Yes, and it's just everything in it is just so well done. Like the the cast is great. Um, and, you know, it's called Captain America, the Winter Soldier, but it could really be called Captain America and the Black Widow. I love all the screen time she gets in this. And and Robert Redford, oh, he was just so good. At I'll it. be honest, I'm surprised he was in it, but it was a damn good movie. It was yeah. a damn good movie. Now, I wish I had it on mine. <laughs> you didn't even have it as one of the nope. alternates? Okay. Nope. My uh, yeah. So that was you're right. So that was my number. Winter nine. Soldier yeah. is a good movie too, and you know what? It, it's I would almost say it's almost superior to the Avengers. Almost. I would not, but I see where you you're know, coming from with that. Okay, so you know where I'm going. My yeah. number nine is Terry Gilliam's Brazil from 1985. Okay. Now I have not seen this. Okay. Movie. Believe it or not, the original title was going to be 1984 and a half. In, You're right. I've heard about that. It's a satire about a, a dystopian society. It has Robert De Niro. It has Jonathan Price. It has Bob Hoskins. It has like a lot of actors 
who later become big. Well, some of them already were big. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially, it's a satire on 1984 of this guy who, who gets these weird dreams. And it's really what's cool about this movie. He was able to pull... It's really two movies. It's his daydreams that the character Sam Lowry has. And Sam Lowry mm-hmm. is like the, this bureaucrat stuck in his job. He, he doesn't want to advance in life, yet he was born in a family... Of a, I want to say either it's a wealthy family or well-connected family that want him to be good. It's sort of like you're stuck in a family and they're saying, go become a doctor and get married and you don't want to. Right, right. Same right. thing, only replace doctor and get married with get a promotion, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff like this. And so he starts staging because he's the most dreary life. And he's daydreaming that it is really cool dream sequences. Uh, and none of it's CGI, by the way. None of this. Right, yeah, because this came out in the... In the 80s, 1985. Right? And so, right. what happened is, he um, he has these cool dreams, and he's fighting this samurai, and everything wakes up, he's in his office, and mm-hmm. it's, it all takes place in the background of this rebellion starting to happen against this, this horrible bureaucratic state, where it's like, you have to fill a form for everything, okay? Right. The, the police come and attack you, and, uh, you know, arrest you, you have to fill a form and pay a bill for that. You know, mm-hmm. fill a form to fill a form. I mean, it, it's, it's a satire, a take on bureaucracy. So anyways, the whole movie is on the crux that there's this security or this ministry of information, which is just interrogation. Okay, and I'm not going right. to spoil anything for you. And so... Yeah, because I do want to see this movie. But I oh, you have to see a movie. I haven't been able to, you know, find a find it because like i remember looking at like stores and stuff for it and like no store i went if to. if i find it. it i'm gonna send it to you okay awesome. and that okay. is my word on that is that the director's cut you're talking about by the way uh, whatever one i can get you because it is a hard to get movie right but uh which one are you talking about are you talking about the original or the director i've seen cut? both so i'm including both okay so which one do you think is better uh the reasons for both are different. Okay, okay. he... Ah, God, I put it this way. The studio, he had a much longer version, and the studio right. chopped it up, and he was pissed about it, but it's still good. Mm-hmm. And the shitty one, the way I see it is, and I'm not a shitty one, the lesser one is the one, well, see, I, if I explain it to you, I will accidentally give it away. I can't okay. explain to you the two differences because the difference is revolved. Well, which one would you recommend I watch? Like, if I had the both choice, them, if I had both, this, both of me? them are bordering on two different movies. That's how they were edited. Okay. I cannot, I cannot tell you without A, giving away the ending, and B, explaining to you that the way they... Okay, well, just do it this way. Imagine I had... A copy of the director's cut in one hand and a copy of the theatrical cut in the other. And I said, Johnny, which one should I watch first? Director's cut. Okay. okay. All right. So, anyways, this is Ministry of Information. And there's a terrorist by the name of Sam Buttle. I think his name was Buttle, Archie Buttle. Okay? Uh-huh. But this fly gets in... No, I'm sorry. Archie, Archie Tuttle. Okay? But this Puddle. typewriter, this automated typewriter that really produces a prints out a list of who the police have to go go arrest. This fly gets mm-hmm. stuck in the printer and produces the wrong name, so they end up arresting the wrong guy. 
Right. Okay. And so, of course, this causes a bureaucratic headache. And this is how it introduces our character into it. And he gets greeted by the terrorist, who is the reason he's declared a terrorist. You know why he's a terrorist? No, I'm not giving away anything here. But the only reason why he's declared a terrorist is because he's a freelance heating engineer. That's his crime. Okay. So, I mean, it's stupid shit like that. But right. if you look at the movie uh, then, you realize a lot of things that are happening now. It was, I don't want to say prophetic. But you know how we over, at least in America, we over centralized terrorism? Right. They were doing it in this movie. And so I highly recommend the movie. Okay. All right. So um, now we're on number eight. My number eight was Battle Royale. Oh, that's a good one. I I should. Yeah. Do you want to explain that to the folks? Okay, yeah. So Battle Royale is based on. a novel, the Battle Royale. Uh, Koshin Takami was the author, and the novel is really good. I definitely recommend if you're going to watch this movie, and if you want to read the mo- the book and watch the movie, I'd say watch the movie first, then read the book. Um, just because the if otherwise, if you do it the other way around, you might be disappointed. You loaned me the book. Yeah, yeah. Have you read I, it? I, actually, I did start reading it. Then we had a move, and I'm not going to lie to you, it was packed away six little packs of where I got to find it. <laughs> I was afraid of losing it. It's really, it's long. It's like, you know, 700 pages or something, but it, it goes really fast because the book is really freaking good. It's really well done. What's the, tell them about um, the story. So, so, yeah, so this takes place in um, kind of like a dystopic future Japan where um, the youth has been getting out of control. And so how the government decides to crack down on it is they have what's called a contest called Battle Royale, where they take a randomly selected uh, junior high school class and they put them on this island. And basically they have to fight each other to the death until there's only one person. Sounds like the Hunger Games. That's Hunger Games got its idea from Battle Royale. Oh my God, go figure. Yeah. And, um... And yeah, the movies it's very good. It's you know, if you know anything about Japanese society, like the commentary on Japanese society, it's really smart and on point. And um the the movie changes a lot of things in the book, sometimes not always for the better. But one of the things they did change that I really liked is um they bring in uh Takeshi Kitano. Beat Takashi, that's who it is. Beat Takashi, yeah. yeah. And he he plays a role in the movie, a role. Now in the in the book, this character is much more sadistic, but they kind of have Kitano kind of humanizes him in a way, and they give him like some added depth, which which works really well in the movie. So you've got in it uh, there's Tatsuya Fujiwara. If you've seen the um, the uh, the Death Note live action movies, uh, he's he's in those. And Chiaki Kuriyama, who was in Kill Bill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, a bunch of other people that if you watch Japanese movies, you'd probably recognize them. And it's directed by Kinji Fukasaku, who also directed the Yakuza Papers. Now, that's one of my favorite movies. And I, I, that's, right, that's yeah. not a geek movie, but I, I highly recommend that. Yeah, the Yakuza Papers. It's a series of five films, right? Actually, in America, there's five. In Japan, there's seven. 
Oh, that's right. That, but that's like a sequel to the original series. If you can find that, I would, oh my God. You know, that is, I've been, for, for almost 20 years, I have been trying to get the last two. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those are great movies. And I seen the trailer for Battle Royale. Like I said, I haven't seen it because you did tell me, don't see the fucking movie until you read the book. No, I said see the movie, then read the book. Oh. Okay, well then I'll do that then. Yeah, because the movie, um, like all the characters from the book appear in the movie, but obviously they don't have have enough time to go into all of them. Like that would... It would be great as, like, an HBO TV show or something like that. I bet. Because you'd have time to go into, like, all the different characters. But the book goes... Because there are 40 kids on the island. There are 40 kids in this class. And it's a junior high school class, so... And each one of those 40 kids gets some time devoted to them in the novel. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the, in the, in the movie, obviously, they don't have time to do that. So a lot of these characters... You know, there are little references to their backstories as they're written in the novel, but it's really just focused on the major characters, the major players. Okay. But yeah, I, that's why I say watch the movie first, then read the book, because it'll give you a much better experience. Uh, uh, if you read the book first and then watch the movie, I think you might be disappointed. Uh, I will do that. I will do that. Oh, all right. Well, that's cool. Okay. And so that was your number nine? That was my number eight. That was your number eight. Okay. My number eight is Ghostbusters. Oh, that's a good one. That I, Surprisingly, I did not have that on my list. I, I, I don't have to explain to everybody what Ghostbusters is about, but it's one of those movies that you can watch, you know, I don't say every day, but every once in a while, and you'll just have a good time. You get the same vibe with Ghostbusters as you would with, I would say... Um, Guardians of the Galaxy. I think it's made in the same vein. I did not have the second one. I'll be honest with you, I just... The second one is bad. Yeah, I just did not care for it. And I think that's because why we don't have a third. You know? Yeah. Because... The second one was just an attempt. Like, let's be honest. The second one was basically an attempt to cash in on the popularity of the cartoon. Yeah. Was it for the cartoon? Yeah, because the cartoon was really popular. No, I know that. I remember. I love the cartoon. Uh, right. So that's why they decided we got to make another Ghostbusters movie. Well, anyways, I figured when it's a crappy day, you want to feel good, or you want to just forget about the put on Ghostbusters, get a, 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 some popcorn, and get yourself a, a pop and enjoy. Yeah. See, um, like uh, on Halloween, I usually like to watch a horror movie or yeah. something, and. Ajisa, my girlfriend, is not into horror movies. So Ghostbusters. So it, that exactly, we put on Ghostbusters instead. How about Shauna the Dead? You should try that as well. I, she's not so good with zombies. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, okay. So um, should we move on? To absolutely seven? good, sir. Okay, my number seven is Terminator Two: Judgment. <sighs> I should have added that, but yeah. <laughs> go on, go on. Oh, now the. I just watched this again recently the other day, and this is one of those movies that, you know, if I don't watch it for a while, my opinion of it kind of cools, and I'm just like, eh, you know, it's okay. But then I watch it again, and all of a sudden I remember how awesome it is. No, no, I see exactly what you're saying. I have the same feeling for the original Terminator. 
the original Terminator is also really good. It's really underrated. Yeah, too. I, I, there's actually a period in my life when I preferred the original to the sequel. The, the Terminator Two and the Terminator are right now presently in a lot of people's minds in the same right. fixture as Godfather One and Godfather Two. You don't want to acknowledge right. the third of Godfather. And nobody wants to acknowledge any of the Terminator movies after Terminator 2. And if you think about it, at the end of Terminator 2, it sort of sealed the deal as to whether Skynet was going to happen or what have you. You know, and... Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you ever get the director's cut DVD, there's added footage that shows a a, a epilogue narrated by the actress that plays Sarah Connor. It's actually, it's actually her. She's she plays the part too. Oh, okay. Linda Hamilton. Yeah, she's with really like that scene. I've seen it online, and I am that it was. I'm so glad they cut that out because that scene was just awful. It is, but where he goes and talks about what happens in the future and all that. Well, right. You know, yeah. Yeah. It's just awful. Right. Awful. But the thing is, this what I'm getting at is, Termin- basically, Terminator Two. For many, is the logical ending of the franchise, right? You know, and I know they're rebooting it now. But Terminator Two was also one of the first movies that were in the 1970s. We had the summer blockbuster with Jaws, right. and then Star Wars, right? And then, of course, they kept ramping it up and all this. But then there was a major lull, and. Terminator 2 sort of brought back the blockbuster. And it was one of the first movies with a budget, I want to say, north of $100 million. Oh, okay. Okay, which back in 1990, that was huge. Okay? And people were like, there's no fucking way this is going to, you know. And so... This movie is epic on uh, for people who are following cinema. It's epic on the business side just for that alone. But yeah, yeah, it's, and it's you know it's just a really well done movie. It's you know it's an action movie, but it's also got a lot of really smart ideas in it. It's a well put together story. Yeah, it's really really well put together. <laughs> that's a great that that's a great pick. Okay, thank you. Now let's hear what your number seven is. Okay, uh, mine is not so fancy, but it is the 1982 British and American classic, The Dark Crystal, by Jim Henson and oh, Frank okay. Oz. Yeah, you, have you ever right. seen this? Yeah, yeah, well, I own it. There's no CGI here. Uh, it's actually not exactly a fast-paced movie, especially compared to... It, it's, yeah, it moves really fast. It does. But, I mean, it was produced by the same guy that did American Graffiti, Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, you know. <laughs> and so the movie, uh, it's a classic to me because I saw it originally with a friend who passed away. And so it's got a sort of an emotional tug. It is a dark movie, okay? Mm-hmm. But it was a frankly honest movie about nature and evil. Right. I mean, people, you actually see them die. And consequences of actions, okay? You know, you saw how greed could lead to something. And so, you know, Jim Henson, he was already very ill. So it's also one of his, you know, he would soon pass away. I want to say, gosh, 
Well, he died in 1990. But I know Jim. So not not too far long, not too long after this. Right, but Jim Henson. The thing I remember about the Dark Crystal was him and I suffer from a similar thing. Uh, he had a failing urinary system. Only he never bothered to take care of himself. Is what I heard. And so he just uh, couldn't keep up with it. But the writing is well. Yeah, it's a slow-paced movie, but it was very well put together. And you're wanting, you know, in a day where you're using computers for all this and that, this was good old-fashioned special effects. Right. You know, and it's a classic about. I don't want to just say not just good versus evil, but greed versus helping mm-hmm. your fellow. Well, in this case, there's no humans. It's an elf, or gelfling, they right. call them, versus these gross-looking, vulture-like uh, people called the Skeksis. You know. Uh, but it's a wonderful movie. It made a lot of money, honestly, for the budget that it had, which was $15 million. And there were always, there was talk of making a sequel to it, but with Henson's health, it just never happened. Mm-hmm. I'll have to watch this again at some point because I've got it, but I haven't seen it in a while. So my memory of it's kind of faded. Oh, it's a classic. And you know, Henson had wanted to make the Muck film for over 10 years and just couldn't get to it because, you know, the, these are essentially giant Muppets. You know, well ordained Muppets. And, and, and the way that they, I mean, some of these are now in some museums, is what I'm told. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm looking it up now, and yeah, there's one at the Center of Puppetry Arts in Georgia, in Atlanta, and uh, essentially the movie's based around the seven deadly sins. All the Skeksis were the seven deadly sins. It wasn't a biblical movie. But it was like... It was influenced by the... Essentially, don't be a dick. Right, right, right. Okay. Okay, so uh, shall we move on? Absolutely. Okay, my number six is RoboCop, the original. Oh, that's a good one. I'd buy that for now, this a dollar. Movie, yeah. Like, I saw this movie first when I was a kid, right? And and for the longest time, you know, I always thought, oh, you know, it's just a fun, mindless action movie. But then you watch it as an adult with knowledge of the 80s. Yeah. And holy shit, it is a really smart satire of the 80s. It is. It is it is a stake against consumerism, Reaganism. I mean, you. I, I mean, right. really. As much as great as the plot is 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 well put together. My favorite parts of the movie weren't even the plot; they were the commercials. Right, like the SUS three thousand, <laughs> the uh, new gaming. You know, the board game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The uh, new Newcom. Um, and of course, I, <laughs> the the news reports, the news reports of uh, conflicts overseas. Yeah, exactly. You know, we had. A, I mean, the, the whole side bits. It's a it, private privatization of the police force, like all this stuff. It's very prophetic because it's like stuff like you're talking about with 1984. Yes, or uh, Brazil. Yes, because it's it's very prophetic yes. of stuff that we're now dealing yes, with. Yes, absolutely, and it's amazing. Well, we don't have rope. We actually do have robots, but they're nothing like the ones in the movie. We have the drones. Okay. Right, exactly. You have the military, the police military industrial complex now. Okay. You have 
You got the prison systems, which are completely privatized now. Exactly, and they want to create new laws that basically fill up the prisons. You have the multinational corporations are humongous and own the government. And of course, who can forget the fact that Detroit goes bankrupt? Yeah, and and it's funny because um, Paul Verhoeven, who directed this movie, when he first read the script, he threw it in the trash. Yeah. And, you know, he thought it was a waste. And then his wife or his mistress or his girlfriend or whoever took it out and said, maybe you should take another look at this. And he read it again. And then he, he realized all this other stuff that was in it. And then he decided to make the movie. If you like that movie based on the satire, may I make a recommendation? Sure. And this is on my honorable mentions this too. Repo Man. Okay. Not the one that came out recently, but what's called Repo Man. But this is a movie, there's a movie called Repo Man with Emilio Estevez. Okay. okay. It came out in 1984, 85. It's a, it's, it's same type of satire. There's no robots, but the guy basically repos a car with an alien in the trunk. Okay. I recommend that. Okay. I'll check that out. Okay, well, that's great. That's a great pick, RoboCop. Yeah, I'd buy that for a dollar. That's now a catchphrase. <laughs> you, you know what else, too? My uncle, who did real estate, says that movie predicted having those televisions. And if you go to out west, oh, right, televisions yeah, yeah. Now, well, like even like you can do that with um, on online at your computer. Yes. You know, they've got the virtual yes. the virtual open houses yes. and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I mean. It's it's crazy how prophetic. It's crazy. I'm spot on on the satire. If you you know right and oh Peter Weller was so good in it too. Peter Weller was not only good at so was the guy that plays Clarence Bodiger. Oh you know, yeah, the guy um, who's, who was in the '70s show. He's now in Resurrection. Yeah, Kurtwood yeah. Smith. He's good. He's 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 been in so much shit over well, the years. Like. It's like almost if you watch anything that was made in the eighties, you're almost guaranteed to find Kurtwood Smith happening. Well, there's the another actor too that was on there that's that's it's been all over the place. Okay, hmm. and that was the guy that played the old man. Not only him, but the guy who uh, played, uh, you know, Errol, what's his name? O'Hurlihan. I, I think that's his name. Dan O'Hurlihan. Right. You know, and then and then Bob, the guy who plays Bob. Oh, the, the guy who comes over to yeah, Bubble Cop Yeah. And Ray Ferry. Wise. So what about Ray Wise? You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. The only one that, uh, it's funny, they recently had uh, a get-together out in Detroit mm-hmm. about a year or two ago. Clarence Boddicker and his gang for a showing for charity. Uh-huh. And it's hilarious. What became of a lot of these, all these other guys basically, uh, Ray Wise is still making movies. Um, right. I forgot the, the other one that was making movies. Okay. Kurtwood Smith is still Kurtwood, No, but I'm talking about his... Uh, oh, his gang. His gang. You know, okay. but here's the thing. Uh, there's one, he was... Uh, oh, shit. But anyways, one of the guys ended up becoming a pastor after the, doing the movie. Really? Yeah. Uh, the, the black guy. <laughs> Black, I was gonna say, is it the, the black, black guy? guy? Yeah, but that O'Hurley, he a oh, true story. True story. When I went to see RoboCop about a week or so before, they had finally released 
Halloween 3. Oh, Season of Witch. Where he's playing the CEO of the Silver Shamrock Corporation. I'm like, oh, okay. he's playing the same motherfucking role all over <laughs> again. You know, but... And, well, this movie has also been immortalized because they commissioned a RoboCop statue in Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's an excellent thing. You know, it's a, yeah. it's, it's a great thing. But, you know, I'll tell you, the guy that becomes the slug monster who gets a toxic waste, I get a yeah. kick out of him because... Uh, but 10 years later, he's like an ER as a doctor. I'm like, holy fuck, he's a doctor <laughs> out here. You know? <sighs> but yeah, no, that's a great movie. Uh, you Perry. Sorry about that. <laughs> I'm looking at these listed names. There was a name Greg on here and uh, all the other things. Okay. <laughs> was he a Shawshank Redemption, six? by the way? Oh, yeah, he was. I'm Which looking guy? at it. Holy fuck. Jesus, these guys have been everywhere. Yeah. Oh, so what's your number six? My number six, I'm going to cheat here, okay? Because it's really one movie that's stretched into two. Okay. Back to the Future and Back to the Future 2. Because okay. they really do continue off with each other. You know, there's right. really one movie. Even that. How come you don't include three then? I didn't get too much. I know it's a great movie. I just, on the list, it just didn't make the list. Well, you know what? They weren't intended to be a continuation. The to be continued was added, and the scene with um, with Doc coming back and picking up Marty and Jennifer that was added afterwards. Really? Because I yeah that that was added for the home video release because by that point they decided to do a sequel. So they went back and they refilmed that scene. There there are stills online where you can see like the comparison between what uh, Jennifer's wearing. In the theatrical cut and what she's wearing, I or like how she that. looks, See, like her appearance has changed somewhat. I'll tell you how I saw Back to the Future, and it's another hospital story. I was a Lutheran General Hospital here in Niles, Illinois, and what they did, there was this local theater, and they actually decided for one, it was in the summer, to donate the movie, and so for the kids. Was it a VHS? No. No, no, no. They actually okay. brought in the, 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 it came in a canister. Like it's an actual theater cut. Right. Or maybe it was okay. a VHS. I'm not sure. But, I mean, the movie had just come out. And so, right. okay. you know, I mean, there was no DVD or anything like that. And so, that's why I saw it. Did it have the to be continued at the you end? Know, I don't remember. I'll be honest okay. with you, I don't remember. I remember getting it on VHS as soon as it came out. I bought it, and I remember seeing it on there. Oddly enough, I think Back to the Future, I saw Back to the Future 2 in a, a theater, but anyways, uh, the reason why I picked, they played the movie of the Lutheran General for the sick kids, mm-hmm. and I thought that was really great. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. people don't really do that that much. It was in a little screen in a little playroom. Um... Couldn't really hear anything much because, keep in mind, it's still in the fucking hospital. And there's beeps and shit going on like that. Um, (laughs) Anyways, but I picked the movie because it's a fun movie. You know, even if you're feeling like crap. Once again, my list was people like, if I'm going to sit one afternoon and watch nothing but movies and it's like a dreary day in winter and I'm a geek, what am I going to want to watch? Bam, this one. And so, for me, I always like to watch Back to the Future 1 and 2 together. See, like, I usually only watch Back to the Future 1 because 2, 
it's okay. And three, you know, I also don't really care for that much. But two, also, I've got some problems. Like, one of the things I don't like about two is the way where the film breaks its own time travel logic. I know where you're going with this. Because, you know, they go back, they find out, they go back to 1980. The alternate one. 85. And, yeah, and they end up in the alternate future. And then Doc says, oh, when Biff went back, he created an alternate timeline. But it's like, well, then, how come Biff created an alternate timeline, but Marty changes didn't create an alternate timeline. No, no. Because right. they just affected the main right. Not only that, my one beef, and you're going to think I'm an idiot, everybody listening to this is going to think I'm an idiot, my one beef with this, they left Einstein behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah It's yeah. an alternate timeline. And Jennifer, too. And, yeah, and Jennifer. So, we don't know what, that poor Jennifer, God knows what happened to her or Einstein. She's, if, if there's an alternate, if going back in time creates an alternate timeline, which you know is an actual theory, like that's a, that's a theory in, in science fiction. Mark Grunewald had that theory in Marvel Comics, where every time someone goes back in a time, yeah. it automatically creates an alternate. Well, by timeline. the way, that's what's the, that's how the new Terminator is. That's the basis, right, yeah. you know. So basically, what we've got here is. That means Einstein, if so if they go back, they're then creating another alternate timeline, which means Einstein and Jenny are stuck in that hellish 1985. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 that's the only thing that bothered me. Oh, I mean, I, yeah, and the stuff you mentioned as well. Well, you know, the funny thing is, if you watch the first one, it's actually kind of a awful ending. How so? Well, because think about this: Marty comes back and. Back to the future, uh-huh. and he remembers the timeline from before. Oh, but he doesn't get all the good memories, right? So he's in this new timeline where his parents are successful and happy, and everything's great. But he has no memory of anything. So what happens when they you do know, something that he has no memory about? Hold on, I just got another question for you. Plus, then you've got then you've got um his mom who. Like, what must George McFly be thinking about his mom, about his wife? Because he remembers <laughs> Kelvin Klein from 1955, who whose nickname was Marty, and now he's got a kid, and, you know, first off, she decides to name him after... The guy she <laughs> Which I can, under- I can understand George being okay with, because Marty helped bring him together. But then the kid grows up, and now he's the spitting image of this guy. Yeah. What do you think George McFly is thinking? Uh, And what do you think? What do you think uh, his mom's thinking too? Because I I can't remember her name. Oh, look. Oh, 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 uh, oh, shit. Uh, Lorraine. Lorraine. You know that's a damn. What must Lorraine be thinking? She must think that you know. He came back and raped her. You know what? We need to have a whole show on a problem with time travel movies. Because you just... That'd be a good idea. You know what? It just dawned on me on something here, okay? That... Oh, God. We could do a whole episode on just the Terminator alone. You know? He... If if he still went to parallel universes, when the doc brought him back, he didn't bring him back to his timeline. He brought him back to an alternate one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So here's my question to you, okay? In this alternate timeline, Marty had a good life. He would never go right. see the doc for anything because of his life wasn't shit at his house. 
What happened? Yes, that's what not happened? good. Why is Marty hanging around with this scientist? Yeah. Well, he's hanging out with the scientist because, you know, it's like why we hung out with old man Joe. Okay, that's, you know, okay. stuff like that. But the fact is this. What happened to that, Marty? Yeah, yeah. You know, hey, <laughs> yeah. He never went to see, he never knew the fucking scientist, uh, the doc. What happened to him? Marty, our Marty is sleeping in his bed. What happened to this party? Is he dead in a ditch? Tom Brown killed him yeah. off somewhere. He's in a ditch you know, somewhere. I mean, and here's something else to think about. Holy shit, all this stuff is popping in my, I may have to remove <laughs> these movies because now I'm getting some kind of ethical qualms. If you can destroy a timeline, are you committing genocide? Yeah, that's a because good point. Because you got people that were born in that timeline that will no longer be... Well, that's a, that was a, one of my friend's uh, complaints about Days of Future Past, actually, too. Oh, my God. I may have to revise it and put back the Terminator as number six. <laughs> All right, so let's go on to number five, okay. then. Okay, so my number five is Superman the movie. Oh, Okay. And maybe it's, I know some people might say that it shouldn't be on this list or it shouldn't be so high up, but I don't care. Like, the movie does have problems with it, but every time I watch it, I'm still, I still sit there thinking, now that's a fucking Superman it's movie. The, you're talking about the original Donner one, right? Yep, yeah. yep, with Christopher yeah. Reeve. And it's just, because, you know, Superman's, at, this, at the time this movie was made, it was made in the, in the late 70s. Superman's origin was kind of all over the place. You know, they didn't have, like, a definitive origin for him, necessarily. And there were so many different variations. You had Superboy, you had all this kind of right, stuff. Right, Donner managed to take all that continuity and distill it down into its purest form. Right. And you've got this situation here where it's, it is the perfect... Um, the way they depict his origin, it's perfect, flat out. Like, the first... Um, basically up like Lex Luthor. Okay. You can, he's a little bit too zany and all that kind of stuff, but everything up until Lex Luthor is introduced is spot on. Perfect Superman mythology. Yeah. You don't need any other Superman origin story as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. No, that's the template right there. I agree with you 100%. And you know, people had issue. Uh, I read somewhere that somebody had an issue with, once again, I'm having a brain fart, but the guy that plays his father, uh, oh, Marlon Brando, and then, and I gotta tell you, he did a great job. And you know what the amazing thing is? Is Brando did all his performing off of cue cards. Really? I read that. He didn't even, yes, he that's didn't, right. He didn't even read the goddamn script. He just did it all on the spot off cue cards. No, I agree. And and he's and he was brilliant. He pulls it off perfectly. I mean, that's just amazing. No, no, that's true. That is true. If you're if you haven't seen this movie, then get it and make sure you watch the extended edition, not the theatrical cut, because the extended edition has even more stuff right. with Marlon Brando on Krypton. No, that's true. Yeah, but the only the only thing everybody ever goes on about the movie. Mm-hmm. Is one the bomb used? You know, was much larger than anything bomb, that yeah. the uh, U.S. military had in its stockpile. It was more powerful. 
Oh, really? Okay. There is, I think, what is it, like a 500 megaton bomb, he said, or some ridiculous number. There is no such uh-huh. bomb that, that ever existed. <laughs> um, the Russians had a 100 megaton Tsar Bombaba, um, they call it, and they only had mm-hmm. one, and they tested it, and they said, the fuck is wrong with us? We're never going to make one of these again. <laughs> okay? And then uh, Superman spinning the Earth backwards. Right. Well, we talked about this in a previous yes. episode a little bit. Yes. Yeah, so- where... Um, my theory is that he's not actually spinning the planet backwards, but it's a visual representation of him flying back through time. I'm, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. But, you know, that's the, that's the only issue, though, what I'm saying. It's okay. right, yeah. Yeah, it is. It, that is a weak point that's of the movie. It, if that's and, your weak point. You know, that, that ending was originally supposed to be the ending of Superman 2. I didn't know that. Yeah, because they were filming Superman and Superman 2 back to back. And then production was over schedule and they needed to get the first one out because they're really close to the release date. So Donner said, okay, we'll use, because we had already filmed the ending for Superman 2. So they, so then they had, they, and then when the schedule got crunched, they moved production completely to Superman 1 and, and uh, shelved Superman 2 for a while. And while they were doing that, they, you know, they had to finish the film and get it out and they hadn't filmed the ending yet. So Donner said, all right, well, let's just use the ending for Superman 2, and then when we get to Superman 2, we'll figure out what to, how to end that movie. I did not know that. Yeah, and um, that's why if you watch the Richard Donner cut of Superman 2, which was released uh, direct-to-video um, when Superman Returns was released, the reason they did that is because, like, they have the ending from Superman 1. They re- repeat the ending. The reason they did that is because they didn't want to use... Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Richard Lester's ending of Superman 2, where Clark gives Lois the amnesia kiss. Okay. So, yeah, so they used, um, so instead, the reason Lois no longer remembers he's Superman is because he's flown back through time. Okay. Now, of course, the problem is with that is that now you've got Superman just basically flying back in time <laughs> anytime it's inconvenient for him. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Still, it's a great movie. You know, Superman Two is good too. I like that as well. Uh, but we, got, you know, we got to talk about the the Richard Donner cut of Superman Two. It's well, 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 we will definitely have to. We have to. I'm gonna, have you seen you that? Know, well, Soup got the Richard Donner cut. I just seen the one everybody else has seen. Okay, yeah, you got to see the whatever Richard is the one they play on Channel it. Nine and Fourth. Of that's yeah. That's the that's the Richard Lester okay, cut. Okay. Yeah. Oh, there's some Donner footage in there as well too, because they had to expanded or something to fill the time slot, so there is some Donner footage in there. Okay. Alright, so what's your number five, John? Uh, for one second here, unfortunately, in Windows, my word has uh, schlocked on me. Give me one second. Okay. Ah, here we go. Fucking Microsoft Word. My number five is Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, I, I, I'll tell you, I that movie I like to watch in the summertime. And yeah. it's a once you'll be noticing that most of my trends here are just adventure fun movies. Okay. Right. And Raiders of the Lost Ark, you could make the argument that Indiana Jones, even if he never appears, the bad guys would have been killed regardless. Okay, you can definitely make that argument. But I still like it because it was still a classic good versus evil. And it's a great story. 
It's got Harrison Ford coming off of the the, uh, the uh, Star Wars thing, and he did a great job. I like these pulp uh, action type of you know stuff. Yeah. When I was a kid, now my dad's not a baby boomer. My dad is part mm-hmm. of what they call the Depression generation or the Greatest Generation, right. whatever you want to call it. Greatest right. Generation, yeah, yeah. And so when I was growing up, uh, we didn't have the cable TV when I was very young, but my dad had we listened to radio a lot. And my dad had all these records, or we would listen to these tapes of all these pulp mystery or pulp adventure or whatever. Right. Have you? Uh, these radio things. And I, this was just like that. And and this was so great. Uh, the narrators of the Lost Ark. I mean, you had the, the love scenes. You had, I mean, come on, who doesn't like seeing Nazis melt? You know? <laughs> Um, one of the actors who plays Mr. Tofet, the Nazi, who, who does get mouths, he's got that thing on his hand. I yeah, later yeah. learned in life he had the same disability as I did, only not as severe. Oh. And so, but the fact that he was able to pull that off amazed me. Um, yeah. You also had um, uh, Alfred Molina in the beginning who went on to play Dr. Ock. Yes, you did. No, the, the movie, I don't even know where to begin with Raiders of the Lost Ark, because you had a lot of great fight sequences, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, now you have a, one second here. Something is playing in the background here. Okay, here, I apologize for that. Some pop-up okay. was somewhere, like, what's playing that fucking soup at? Anyways, um, where do you even begin with Raiders of the Lost Ark? You begin with the... It's, it's... Yeah, it's pretty much flawless. You know, you, you begin with the fact that it's a classic story. That, you know, here's the thing. George... I'm surprised I didn't put that on my list. George Lucas wrote it, but Steven Spielberg directed it and said that, looked at the script and says, you know, behind George is like, I gotta make some changes to this. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's a, just a general all-around... Great adventure film, you know, and I love Sala. You know, oh yeah, and who yeah. can't forget Brody? You get introduced by Brody, and you get introduced, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, I'm trying to remember who the hell played his girlfriend, Karen Allen. Karen Allen. Okay, thank you, Karen Allen. And uh, oh, and she's and she's she's every bit as capable as India. Oh too. yeah, no, you could have done a movie with just her. I mean. Plus, don't forget the one of the things I really I just saw this recently, like a week or two ago again. And one of the things I love about it is you really see how driven Indy is to find the Ark because there's that scene where he finds Marion kidnapped and tied up, and he starts to untie her, but then he realizes that if they re, if they find out she's missing, that means they'll come looking for him, and it might ruin his chances to get the Ark. So he ties her back up. Oh yeah, she was, and big. goes to look for the yes, arc. Exactly. I mean, he doesn't play anything safe. He plays it to win. You know. Whereas yeah. I hate yeah. to say it, the last Indiana Jones movie was almost like a satire of Indiana Jones movies. Right. So I yeah. So that's why I picked the movie because it's all around fun movie. It introduced you to the character, and let's be honest, everybody likes to see Nazis lose. Yeah. Okay, so my number four is Dark City. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Now, this movie, it was, um, I saw this movie because it was directed by Alex Proyas, who also directed The Crow. Yeah. Which is one of my favorite movies of all time. 
And Dark City is... Like, everyone... T- this came out about a... I think maybe about a year before The Matrix came out. And it's been, like, completely underappreciated. While everyone go- is raving about The Matrix, Dark City is where, like... Is basically the Matrix before the Matrix, and it's so much better. Oh, it's 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 it doesn't have to rely on all the fancy ass action. I mean, it's got action, right. it, but it's got action, but it's it's all very subtle, and it has so many things worked in from classic sci-fi and uh, detective noir and all this kind of stuff. It's oh, it's, it's here's so the, here's, you've got Jennifer Connelly at probably her best role. The way I looked at Dark City is and versus The Matrix, and you're right, it got overshadowed, is both of them use a lot of familiar tropes, except yeah. Dark City pulls it off in a more serious and respectful manner, whereas exactly, yeah. The Matrix is sort of like you're watching a Japanese anime. Which, right. nothing Absolutely. against anime. It's just not, it's, it's sort of like a video game, actually. It's like... It's very over, the Matrix is just very over the top and bombastic, whereas Dark City is much more subdued and it's much more about the ideas sure. and all this kind of stuff. And I believe it reminds me of I want to say the movie's called City of Children, City of Lost, of Lost Children, Children, which yeah, absolutely. you know it's the same type of tempo. And I, I, I but really, you, the villains in Dark City they're awesome, they're cool. And you're like, right? Yeah. They're and they're creepy. Oh as hell. fuck yeah! I mean those yeah. bald fucks. I'm telling you. And what, I, yeah. I got a kick though. But there are some. I don't want to say humorous scenes, but I, I kind of giggle on Dark City. Like there's that one scene where this poor guy. Because what happens with this? We're not giving anything away. But they manipulate the lives of these people, literally changing their right, fortunes yeah. around. Literally. Now, I recently picked up the director's cut of this, but I haven't seen it yet. And I hear the director's cut is even better. Oh, so we're looking forward. Yeah, to you're going to let me know. But I remember a scene. Where they have this millionaire, or it looks like they're at a table spread a dinner scene. Right, right, yeah. The, the, they take the poor people, and then they change their home and make it into a mansion. Yeah, and they take the rich people and make them poor. You know, right, I thought yeah, that was yeah. hilarious. Well, that's a great pick. And if you look at it, like, in the background, like, the, the, they've got, like, it's like, like, the buildings are very, like, Art Deco style, but then you've got, like, 1980s automobiles and that kind it's of like stuff. It's like Batman the Animated Series. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, they mix like the different fact, time periods. To did not really, that Batman it, the animated series kind of be inspired by that? Or no, no, no. Because Batman the animated series came out in ninety ninety two. Okay, but uh, yeah, right. I love that old Art Deco in the eighties and what have you. No, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Now that was number what? Yeah, number so, four for you? Number four. Okay, yep. that's a great pick, Perry. Thank you. So, what's your number oh, four, I'm Johnny? Sorry. My number four is another adventure movie, Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, that's Okay? Cool. I could see this movie at least twice a year, and it never gets old for me. For anybody that's out there, this is also something of a pulp noir, but it's like a Fu Manchu. In fact, when the movie first came out, it was by John Carpenter. Uh, the critics yeah. thought it was bordering on racism. Okay? Yeah. Because of the Lopan character. But in, have you ever seen the Have you ever seen the video the Lopan style? No. You know the Gogdam style thing from a few years uh-huh. ago. Well, uh, some people got together and they made David Lopan style. Oh, I. 
and they even got the guy who played Lopan to reprise his role in it for a little bit. Oh my god, I gotta look at that. It's so funny. Is it's that awesome. YouTube? Yeah, yeah, just look up Lopan style. Okay, I will. It's like, it was like one of those parodies that they were making, you know, like they had Mitt Romney style for the election. Oh my god, I, I, I'm not, a, you know, Mitt Romney, but I, okay. No, the Mitt Romney stuff, it was it was just totally making fun of Mitt Romney and, like, all his money and all that kind of shit. Well, I will definitely look into that. But, yeah, they also did uh, David Lopan style, and it was great. That movie is just also fun to watch. Uh, for the uninitiated, it's basically about a trucker played by Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. Okay? And, it's, you know, and he split his friend another... Um, Ying, I think is the name is, and the movie is basically, imagine you're in Chinatown, and, and you're a kid, and you can think of all sorts of crazy crap, that's essentially what this movie is, and yeah. what it is, is you have the Chinese triads, who are secretly ruled by Mr. Lopan, who's this ancient Chinese warlord turned into a ghost, who needs a, a woman with green eyes to be sacrificed, so he can become human again. You know, and so yeah. Kurt Russell's character Jack Burton, who's guy I think you know, plays a typical Westerner inside Chinatown in California, and his but his buddy uh, Wang, you know Wang Chi, thank you, uh, his girlfriend gets kidnapped. Wang Chi's girlfriend was coming from the from the airport, and it's really amazing how you see the Chinese gangs because there's this game called right now where it was out called uh, Sleeping Dogs. Oh, that game. Awesome. Well, there's a download you can download. It's called 1980s Asian Street Gangwear, and it's just like, yeah, really? and it's exactly like the gangs in uh, Big Trouble Little China, with the glasses and everything, the, the, the specks and the shape and all that, and it's got a great soundtrack. What's, what the movie's, one of the things that the movie's famous for is the soundtrack. I mean, classic John Carpenter with the keyboard, but he also includes on there, because he was also in a band, I think, called the Cadillacs, I want to say. Mm-hmm. I'm probably wrong with the name of the band, but um, the movie's wonderful. It's not scary. People thought, if you look at the poster, oh, it's got to be scary. It's not. It's a fun... Right, plus it's John Carpenter. Right, so, so you're saying, well, because he did the Halloween movies. Right, And right. so... But it's not. It's an actual fun movie. You know, I don't know if I'd have a five-year-old watch it. But, I mean, imagine sort of like um, Lord of the Rings meets Indiana Jones set in modern-day America. Right. You know, I mean, maybe it's a shitty way to explain it. No, no, that works perfectly. You know, but it's a great movie. I highly recommend Everybody at least see it once, you know, and it's one of those movies that, oh, Coupe de Vils, that's what they were called, um, and so anyways, the death scenes of the bad, it, I mean, it's a well-structured storyline, as far as I can. You know what the, you know what the funniest thing about this is, I didn't realize this until someone pointed it out to me, but this is a movie where it's basically about the sidekick. Yes. Because Jack Burton is not the he's, hero. He's the sidekick. Right. He's the dumb sidekick. That's right. He's not. Wang Chi is really Wang the hero. Wang Chi is the hero. No, is, I would actually say it's not even Wang Chi. I think it's Egg Shen. Oh, In my yeah. opinion, I, I think it's really too. Egg Shen who has this long grudge or war with David Lopan. Right. Okay, and you're right. 
Kurt Russell, who seems to get top billing, he's the Robin to Wang Chi's Batman. Yeah. You know. And he's an incompetent Robin. Uh, yeah, and that's another thing. And, and, you know, <laughs> well, you know, this is one of the things with, with Carpenter, because he likes to put in some social commentary. And mm-hmm. basically, this was sort of like, you know what, the white man can't always be the good guy, or the, or the, or the right. guy in the white hat that saves the day. We can also be fucking idiots who have to play the side bit. You know, Asians right. and minorities can also take the lead. And, and that's really, you know, and then you see that on here. You know, and Kurt Russell right. plays your typical America. You know what I mean? That, that, right, you know? exactly, yeah. And I mean, there's that one, there's a part in the movie, for example, where they're at the wedding of Lopin. And he's ready, gritting the bear. He says, well, let's get this. And he, he aims his gun to the air and starts shooting like a typical, you know, red-blooded American. And, and, and part of the ceiling falls, knocks him out. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, see the movie. I think you. I think folks will love it. Yeah. Oh, it's a good movie. That's a good, great choice, Johnny. Thank you, sir. Okay, now my number three is Guardians of the Galaxy. Great movie. That is it. Now, there's not really much we have to say about this. Right. I just did an episode about it, so there's not really much else I can add about it. Just yeah, that that movie's just a lot of fun, and it's very much in the mold of those like adventure films too. Like, you're um, right. No, it's like one of those classic Flash Gordon movies. Right, exactly. It's very much like that whole classic kind of style. It's just a fun movie to go to and enjoy yourself and lose yourself in for about two hours. I agree. I definitely agree. Um, For me, it was a tie between, and forgive me, maybe I'm bending the rules here, Uh, but it was a tie between the Avengers and Donner Superman. Okay. Well, see, we already talked about Superman, so why don't you talk about Avengers? Well, I mean, we've also talked about that. Yeah, the Avengers is basically right. the common, you know, a team of a, you know, Captain America, the Hulk, uh, Iron Man, you know, fighting uh, the Red Skull. Was it the Red Skull? No, it was an invasion no, of alien Loki and an alien invasion. And the reason why I picked it is because, like I said, between that or Superman is. Superman is a thing in my heart. As well. like, it was very tough to pick between the two. But the Avengers right. movie was like, it reminded me of the time when I was a kid watching He-Man or G.I. Joe or Super Friends. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know that's a DC thing, but there weren't Marvel characters. Well, like, He-Man, He-Man's not Marvel. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> I know that. But I got the same vibe. You know, I was excited right, yeah. to see this type of stuff. And yeah. uh, the Avengers, it reminded me when I was a kid, and you get the comic books. I'm like, oh, I, that's just a classic geek moment that affected. I'm watching a movie with more than one superhero on there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, that that scene where you see all like the big three standing together yes. on screen for the first time. Yes, that that was just a total nerd geek out. I, I watched that movie in the theater, and I was back to being ten years old. And, you know, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So for my number two is The Crow. Very good movie. Now, this movie, uh, I first saw this when I was maybe about like 12 or 13 or something Mm -hmm. like that. And at that point in my life, I had never seen anything like it. You know, it, it, it was totally new to me. And I became obsessed with this movie. 
And I've, I've, I'm, I, I had a VHS copy of it. I must have worn that damn thing out so many times from all the times I watched this movie. <laughs> I could probably recite this movie from memory. Did you ever get the comic? Yes, yes. Did you get the comic after you saw the movie right afterwards, or did you know there was a comic? Um, I think it was a few years after is when I finally first got it. Were you aware when it was called it was already a comic? I don't think I knew at first, but I found out very shortly after that it was a comic. Okay. And, yeah, this movie, and you know what, the movie takes a lot of liberties with the comic book. But it still sticks to the tone of the comic very closely. It does. No, that's true. And, um, and you know, they originally, and it's also directed by Alex Proyas, who directed uh, Dark City. And Proyas originally wanted to film it in black and white with the flashbacks in color. But the studio said, no, you have to film it in color. So what he did instead was he did the, he did a very muted color palette with it. So that the colors aren't very bright and vibrant. They're very dull. They're very dark. They're very low key. So it's almost like you're watching it in black and white. I remember that. I, I and uh, and in the flashbacks, you know, I've, he films them with the red wash over it. And you know, this was—it's really tragic because this was supposed to be Brandon Lee's star-making movie. And oh, up until that's this point, right. Yeah, up until this point, you know, he had only been in, like, crappy action movies. Like, he was in Rapid Fire and um, Showdown in Little Tokyo, where he played second fiddle to Dolph Lundgren. So, a lot of people didn't think much of him as an actor. But in The Crow, he proved that, man, he, not only can he do action, but he took that acting to a, he took that performance to a whole new How do you believe any of that stuff they said about the... The curse or any of that nonsense. No. You know? I'm, I'm, I don't buy into superstitious stuff like that. Yeah, I, I, I always wondered about that. Yeah, you know. And it didn't seem right to me either. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, it's a great pick. I, I, rem- I, I saw that when it came out on... Uh, uh, was it DVD or... Uh, VHS, excuse me. I remember this. Actually, no. Forgive me. I remember watching that movie, I think, on Showtime. Oh, okay. I, I, uh, I remember reading the comic book. And did you read the comic before the I movie? I did. It was, it, it was oh. loaned to me by my friend Tim. And it, it was, uh, uh, it was a good comic book. I, I was mainly into the, one of the two main titles, you know, DC or Marvel. And The Crow actually was one of the first indie titles that I got into. And it was a very good, very good uh, film. Great pick. Thank you. Okay, so what's your number two, John? Well, my number two ties into my number one, and it's going to be like, oh, come on, John, I can't believe you picked it. But my number two is The Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars Episode Five, and, of course, Star Wars Episode Four of The New Hope. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bring up the two for one reason, if it's okay with you. Okay. Sure. I saw both first in Spanish. Okay. Okay. In my house, when I was little, we had the VHS, and Star Wars had just come out on the first, my first movie that I'm on my list. Uh, It'd come out on VHS. And so my dad 
went out and bought it, thinking, holy crap, they got Star Wars. Because you have to understand, in the early, early 80s, it took fucking forever for a movie to mm. come out on VHS. Literally, I mean, they were making big deals about how a movie from five years ago is now on VHS. Okay? And so compared to today, so we got Star Wars and we're going to play it. Yeah, they hadn't hadn't figured out the distribution model. Yeah, oh no, it was completely new. Anybody could fucking sell these things. And so we start watching it, and it's in Spanish. He paid 30 bucks for this, no, $49 for this (laughs) thing. And you could not tell it was in Spanish. And $49 in 1982. Or eighty-three. That's is a lot of money. That's a, yeah. That's a lot of for. That's a lot of money for a movie. Today. Oh, VHS tapes back then. Uh, back then, Perry. Holy fuck! They were expensive as shit. Wow. I know they were, and you had to get a waiting. I remember there was a waiting line for Gone with the Wind. Okay, oh, and all this other movies like you know, and any kind of movie you wanted to get because it was a VHS. And so Empire Strikes Back had just come out, but the thing with Empire, I was too little to see Empire Strikes Back, okay? Mm-hmm. And so there was no way I was going to see that in the theater. It wasn't, it came out in 1980. It was not out on VHS, okay? But we had a neighbor who had just moved in the, uh, four months before, and he had kids. And this guy, had a brother who was working for I for none other than Fox. Oh. And one day he came over, hey, you want to come over? We got Empire Strikes Back. And so apparently his brother had managed to copy a, a, a release that literally was only for theaters. Mm-hmm. I knew a VHS. And that's how we saw it. And so we had Star Wars in Spanish. And I would use it, actually. I watched that movie a thousand times. And I used to really get my... Trust me, Darth Vader and speaking in Spanish is very menacing. Okay? <laughs> and uh, the thing is, you know, uh, so we eventually got the regular. My dad finally got another copy. Uh, but Empire Strikes Back. They were just blown away by the fact that we had a copy that nobody else... We could say in Chicago had, unless you knew somebody. Okay? And... The movie itself is actually, I think, more better written than the first Star Wars. And in fact, I really should have Empire as my first and Star Wars as the second. Uh, but I'm not because one led to the other anyways, or what have you, and I'm more sentimental. But Empire is a much better story. It is, definitely. Empire's, you know, of the, like, I'm not a big Star Wars guy. I'm not a big, I, but, and... The only one I really care about watching ever again is Empire Strikes. Right, right. And is it- like I can go, I can go the rest of my life without watching the first one ever again. And the third one is only good up until they leave town. Yes. After that, I'm done. Yes, with it. thank you. Finally, I I thought I was the only one. I did not care for those fucking Ewoks. Oh God, no! Fuck those. You know, I, I I thought to myself when I generally watch Return of the, and that's why it's not on the list. I generally, my, my love for Jedi tends to sink the moment the barge on Jab, Jabba's barge explodes. Like, okay, now they're going to go to that fucking forest planet. But no, Return of the Jedi is also a business movie. 
according to Harvard, it's, 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 it's like the ultimate business movie. And they, they, I heard it some, they used to make some kids watch it for certain class, certain professors thought it was a great business movie. But no, the structure of uh, Empire Strikes Back as a, as a story is great. If you ever see, it, what's interesting, it's well edited. I mean, there was there's a lot of cuts that could have gone in the film that today, I hate to say Lucas, probably would have done it for for um, merchandise sake. Right. And the fact is this, they didn't add it, but just go on YouTube to see all the cuts. You know, it totally kills. Like, you, find, you realize what a sadistic bastard C-3PO can be. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, no. There's one cut where he literally tears off the label. Yep. Do you remember an Empire that snow monster? That uh, Luke's the, in a, the Tauntaun? No, no. Oh no, the Yeti. The Yeti. Thing. Thing. Yeah. Luke's kept, kept. Well, apparently the rebels had managed to uh, find some of those, and they put him in these lockers. They're still alive, and C-3PO is uh-huh. tearing off the warning labels. And so as the, as the stormtroopers are looking for Luke and Leia, they keep opening these doors, and these fucking yetis come out and start beating the shit out of them. <laughs> you know? But it totally kills the vibe of the movie. Right, yeah. that scene. And I hate to say it, but Empire also has those dark scenes that when I was little really freaked the shit out of me. Yeah, yeah. Plus, you got um, Billy D. Williams. You got Billy. What more can you say? <laughs> Billy fucking D. Williams. And you had Boba Fett. And you know what? Empire Strikes Back. You know what? I'm making the switch now. Empire is my number one. Star Wars is my okay. number two. Okay? okay? Empire is like the Wrath of Khan. You don't... All the other movies, actually, we think about it, spin from... It doesn't actually spin from Star Wars. In fact, you know... Star Wars, at the end of Star Wars, the story was practically over. You didn't give a shit about Darth Vader after he spent it right, through space. Right, yeah. You know, he could have gone into a black hole for all you know. Right? But Empire, you can't have Jedi, obviously, without Empire. Okay? And the prequels... Well, do we want to talk about the prequels? No, okay. we don't. <laughs> so that's my spiel. I'm sorry. That's okay. All right, so that was your number one and your number yeah, two. Yeah, I'm sorry, Perry. I, I, that's okay. Now, you actually... Now, my number one choice is actually one you mentioned, and that's the Avengers. Uh-huh. So I'm going to go to one of my alternates now, and I'm going to choose The Dark Knight. Oh, good movie. Yeah. Now, The Dark Knight is... It's a movie that... The more I see it, the less I like it. That's but it's just, still a really good movie. How, why would you say that? Well, because, like, it's just... I think part of it is all the hype that's happened with it since. Uh-huh. And Nolan fanboys are the worst proponents of, of Christopher Nolan's movies. Because they're just so dismissive of everything else that it makes you almost hate his movies by association. Uh-huh. I agree. I agree. And you know what? Let's be honest here. Everybody was kind of, they first heard about Heath Ledger and the Joker. Mm-hmm. And then when he finally pulled it off, he pulled it off masterfully. I mean, absolutely. Because yeah. up until that time, when you thought of the Joker, you really thought of only two people. Jack Nicholson on film. Right. And uh, 
Mark Hamill on the cartoon. Nobody thought. Nobody gives any love to Caesar Romero. You know what the fuck's wrong with Caesar? <laughs> Let me tell you something. Caesar Romero is like George Clooney. George Clooney just plays George Clooney as X. Caesar Romero essentially played Caesar Romero as Joker, and and he wouldn't even shave his mustache. That's the part I'm getting at. Exactly. You, I, I, you have and the problem is in the '60s they wanted close-ups. Okay, yeah. you can't miss that fucking mustache. <laughs> you know, it's right there staring at you saying, I don't give a shit. I'm Caesar fucking Romero. <laughs> you know, who the fuck are you? You know, oh my God. Oh, I mean, holy shit. Just because you think you're such a badass because you were, you know, passport danger or murder she wrote or the fucking love boat. Or I don't give a shit. Take your pick, you know. Batman, Rawhide, Burke's Law. Yeah, you know, that doesn't mean you're... You you shave that fucking mustache. It'll grow back. (laughs) You know? Don't give me... I don't give a fuck if you were insane great theater. You know? Well, alright. So, should we uh, do a quick rundown of what the... Not, like, talk about them, but just, like, mention what the movies in our alternate were? Sure, go right ahead. Okay, so uh, Dark Knight was one of my alternates, and then the other four alternates were Pacific Rim, Hellboy, Serenity, and Watchmen. Oh, those are good choices. Those are. What about you? What, now, I have a slightly alternate? longer list, so forgive me here. My okay. alternates are going to go from 11 down to 23. Okay? okay? I had Batman the Dark Knight, which now I'm okay. regretting. I should have actually put higher. Uh, 1990s version of Batman with Michael Keaton. Uh, that 1989. 89, thank you. Okay, I had Blade Runner. Oh, yeah. Okay, I had Enemy Mine. What's that? I Enemy I Mine, it, it, let me see this. By today's standards, it's a horrible movie. But Enemy Mine was essentially, um, bear with me here. I want to make sure I got the right... Movie here. <laughs> it's been almost 20 years. Okay, it has Anna Dennis Quaid and Louis Gossett Jr., okay? But the movie's told from the villain's perspective, okay? And mm. a human soldier, humanity is losing this war against this reptilian people, okay? Mm-hmm. And there's this battle over this one planet, and Dennis Quaid's ship gets shot down. And so does one of the villains. So, in, in a way, it's sort of like, um, um, well, anyways, the vil, uh, the, the lizard guy, played by Louis Gossett Jr., okay, his name is, I'm looking him up, called Jeriba, okay? But he call, he, he's called Jerry. So, anyways, um, they, they both crash, and they have to survive on this earth, but they hate each other, because, let's be honest, the lizard people are starting to kick, are, are, are defeating humanity, Okay, now the lizard people, what we don't know about, and I'm not making any spoilers here, okay, they're all, um, what do you call it when they have both sexes? Hermaphrodite, thank you. And it turns out he's pregnant, okay? So they come to a truce on this desolate, shitty world, and the, the special effects are good, keep in mind this is like the mid-80s. 1985, I think. The movie's about a, a, over almost, not two hours, but it's close to it. But anyways, 
he eventually dies. Like I said, I'm not spoiling anything here because it happens early on. But he gave birth. So Dennis Quaid, the human, raises this alien baby that grows up and it, it, it goes through the years and the baby becomes a young man or kid. Okay. Uh-huh. And so the kid, they eventually find a way off the earth, off this planet. And he's got to protect the kid because he considers him his son now. Okay. And you find out that humanity actually defeated the lizard people. Once again, there's no spoilers here. But right. essentially, from what I remember reading about this movie, part of the writers wanted to focus on how the Japanese were treated in America. And essentially, uh-huh. the lizard people are a stand-in for that. Okay. But also, how, you know, how do you treat a defeated race who was bent on exterminating you? And now you're taking care of one of these kids, and the humans come off as outright assholes and bigots. But I uh-huh. recommend the writing is, let me say this, it gets good rating, it gets good reviews. I thought... It was a wonderful movie. Okay. So that's that's one. I have War Games. You know, Matthew Broderick with the computer that nearly starts World War Three. You know, I've actually never seen that. Oh, you've got to see that. You've got to see it. Shit, I know what. Oh, definitely. Um, I have 16. I have 2001 Space Odyssey. I love that movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have Gattaca as my next one. Number eight, that was number 17. Number 18 is an anime. It's Akira. Oh, that was almost on my list. It was very close to making okay. my list. Well, that's on mine. I thought it was a wonderful movie. It was one of the first anime I had ever seen. I thought, uh-huh. you have to see, though, the original cut. Because they re-edited it later on. And they got new voice actors, and I don't think it's as good as the original. All right. Um, Number 19 is Repo Man, the one I mentioned. Yeah, you mentioned that, yeah. I have number 20 as Iron Man. Okay, that almost made my list as well. Number 21 is The Road Warrior. That's a good one. Okay, number 22 is the first Conan movie. That was almost on my list. And number 23 is Terminator. The reason why it's dead last, I had no intentions of dead last, but when I was putting the list together, it was on one of my revisions before talking to you. I go, oh, I want to add this on there. And I thought I was going to put that near the top, but Terminator is the last one. Okay. That's a good list. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you. And so, yep, that's that's my list of... uh, I thought this was pretty cool. Pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I thought it was. Ex- I was actually kind of surprised that we didn't have like any duplicates. Oh, you have a much more vast array of knowledge of movies than I do. <laughs> I, I no, you gave me some pretty. You had some really good choices yourself too. Like I, I really, I was expecting. A, that's why I wanted uh, to have the alternates because I figured we'd both have a lot more of the same movies on our lists. So I was really, really glad that it turned out. Um, that we didn't like the only real duplicate was well you had the Avengers and Superman mm-hmm. the movie together as the same yeah one, so and 
So basically, so but you know, you still had nine other movies. So basically, we only had one duplicate. That's pretty amazing if you think about it. Yeah, I know. Uh, still, I think you know what? I you, you can. I I'm gonna actually see if there's Blu-ray versions of these movies now because you might pick them up. <laughs> Not the Star Wars ones yet. I want to wait. You know, I know they just re-released them on Blu-ray with additional footage. You know what? I'm hoping they re-released the original theatrical cuts because I don't want those. No, no, no. They did that. The, the additional footage is you have to look on the side, you know. No, they still haven't released the original theatrical cuts. All the all the versions of Star Wars that are available, that are currently in print, are the special editions. Even Blu-ray? Even Blu-ray, yeah. Oh, uh, no, don't tell me that. And I think Return of the Jedi has that one where they took out the guy who played uh, uh, Vader in the, in the ghost scene at the end and replaced him with uh, no. Hayden Christensen. Ah, oh, fuck, don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. Hold on, I'm looking this up. And Hans and Greedo still shoots first. Oh my god, you should see the reviews on Amazon for the Star Wars. <laughs> it's like reading reviews on Steam. <laughs> you ever read those Steam reviews? Mm-mm. You know, I actually have somewhere in the garage um, VHSs of the, the first three movies. I used to. I wish I saw I got them somewhere. I want to see if I can transfer them on the digital. You know it's going to be a crappy copy. Though. I don't give a shit. Han, Han shot first okay. in those. Yeah. Uh, I hope these aren't the special editions. They are. I'm telling you they are. Uh, uh, that fucking sucks. They got a lot of fucking money for these, too. Almost $140. Well, what's planned for next week, Perry? Um, don't have anything. Time yet. travel. What, what should we talk about? You want to do the time we, travel we one? Right, we'll do the time, time travel. travel. Awesome. I'm down with okay. that. Okay. And of course, so what? Any movies we should review for that? Uh, um, gosh. Um, did we discuss the TV shows? Oh, you're right. We didn't even mention those. You know, well, I mean, the season finale. You saw the thing for for Shield, right? I saw, yep, I saw S.H.I.E.L.D., I saw um, Arrow, I saw Flash. Okay, well, let's do that. Let's do that. Okay. Do you still want to do the time travel thing Absolutely. as well? Absolutely, we have to talk about time okay. travel. All right, awesome. Okay, then. So we'll save that for next week, and for now, we're going to go on and get out of here. Take care, Perry. You too, Johnny. And um, for anyone who actually listens to this show, we'll talk to you again Take soon. Take care. This has been an episode of The Geek Screen, the podcast for all media of a nerdy nature. Please send all email to geekscreen at percivalconstantine.com or message us on Twitter at geekscreen and we'll read your messages on the air. Visit geekscreen.percivalconstantine.com for past shows and links. And if you like the show, please support us by posting a review on iTunes. The theme music in this show is Take a Chance, courtesy of Kevin McLeod of incompetech.com and is used under a Creative Commons license.